Welcome back, everybody. We are here for episode 84, and we've got the whole crew back with us. So let's catch up a little bit. What you been up to these past couple weeks, Bill? Uh, so video game-wise, I have not been playing too much Destiny these past two weeks. Um, I had a business trip uh, this past week, just a quick drive up uh, you know, a few hours north into New York. And uh, I brought the uh, the series s with me and uh, wanted to focus on mass effect andromeda so i uh, got a little bit more time into that guy uh spoiler alert i'm on a chilly planet it's very very burr burr frosty cold and i'm uh, uh doing some uh uh archaeological digging type things there so that's uh that's that's cool so we'll talk about that eventually um, but uh, as far as destiny goes i did play the weekly story content and uh savathun in that string puller that she is she told crow about his past uh which i didn't i guess i didn't really realize that he didn't know the details about it so uh things are about to get messy in that uh, storyline um <laughs> i think i might have mentioned last week or last show rather that crow used to be aldrin sav before he was you know killed and resurrected as a guardian and one of the things that happens when you're resurrected as a guardian your past life is not known to you so it really is like a fresh beginning you have zero knowledge of your past life except for like you know like what you might have heard or what you might have been told from people so aldrin sov is a pretty uh pretty pretty hated the uh, character in the universe even though he was kind of having his strings being pulled because he was under the influence of oryx hated um, in in the lore or hated by the people taken in that lore both so he's hated by the people <laughs> taking in the lore because he killed Cade six uh who's a very uh who's a beloved character but he's also hated by the people within the destiny universe like for that same reason because Cade's a beloved uh -huh. character in that world as well <laughs> um but also uh he's he's like the main uh antagonist in uh forsaken which is one of the best uh, uh times in destiny's uh, history um, he's the brother to Marasov, who's the Queen of the Awoken, who's a very well-liked character. So he's got roots that run deep in a lot of different ways. And uh, the cool thing about his, his story arc right now, he got resurrected, and he's the Crow. And uh, uh, he's kind of been guided by Osiris through this process of, you know, give him a mask. And he's like, listen, we don't want... We don't want Zavala, who's like the head of the Vanguard, to know who you are because we don't know how he's going to react to knowing that, you know, the guy who killed his uh, his friend and you know partner in the Vanguard is now back as a guardian, even though he knows the life is different. So it was a very kind of like, you know, uh, soap opera type, you know, like uh, who knows who's really who and this person killed, you know, like this guy type thing. So it and then so now we've been at a point for a while where crow is here he's accepted by everyone he's you know not looking he like he's talked about that there's like hints of you know like uh you know i i know from the way people look at me and from the whispers that you know like i'm, I'm not i my my you know the in my past life like i wasn't a well-liked person but like i don't know you know the reasons why or the extent so he's with Savathun and Savathun is kind of like encased in this crystal by Mara Sav. So she can communicate with, with the people, but she can't like, she's kind of in prison there. So she's kind of teasing. So, and she's the, her whole thing is deception. 
So 100% of the time, she is deception and pulling strings and manipulating. So she can't be trusted. So, and everyone knows this, but they still like talk to her and like try to get information out of her and stuff. So she keeps teasing Crow, you know, like if you knew about, you know, your past, like you would be able to, you know, uh, form your own, you know, new plan and like know how to go forward. And everyone's telling him like, don't do it, bud. Like, it's not a good idea. She's manipulative. She's do not trust her. So finally, in this week's story content, he's in the chamber and Crow touches the crystal. And then you can tell that she kind of she doesn't like tell him in words. But, you know, she through that 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 connection, she shows him what his past life was. So he knows he knows everything. And it's a lot to take in in like a flash like that. So he knows he killed Cade. He knows that uh, uh, that Mara's, uh, you know, his sister. And then he knows that he's part of the reason why the Dreaming City is cursed. He's part of the reason why the Last Wish, uh, uh, the uh, Riven, the last known Ahamkara, like, was able to, like, seal the, the Dream. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's that's involved with, uh, with Aldrin. So it's a lot, even though he's been a great character and he has this great, great redemption arc, now that he knows what the past life is, I feel like there's a chance that this could go sour. Like, he's not going to be able to handle all the things that he's done in his past life, and he's going to try to do something about it. So, And I try not to think about it in context like this, but they've already shown us some of the, the you know, like the, the some cinematics and some things from the next expansion for Destiny, which doesn't happen until February, uh, and Crow's nowhere to be seen. So like, and they're, I'm sure they're doing that on purpose cause they don't want to tell us, you know, like how that story unfolds, but it's, uh, for the, for the past year, like ever since they've kind of figured out this seasonal model where they're like, you know, instead of like having like a story campaign, every expansion, how about every season we just do like a little story content, like every single week. And it really puts some juice back in the game where, like, you really want to lo- – like, every Tuesday, it's like, oh, it's Tuesday. It's like a new episode of your favorite show, right? It's like, oh, my gosh, like, it's on. Like, put it on. Put it on. So it's really, really been cool, and it continues to be cool to, to log in every week and, and get some of that story content. So even though I haven't been doing, like, a lot of, like, the ritual stuff where, like, you, you know, do a bunch of strikes or, you know, raid or anything – I always, always, every week, even if I only get on for an hour, I'll jump in and I'll do the story content for the week. So it doesn't take too long to do, which is also nice. Okay, so, cool. uh, so that's it for Destiny. Um, uh, and so normally, you know, once I talk about what I've been playing, I mention what my kids have been playing, just to you know get some more gaming talk in there. But we don't give the kids uh, games during school weeks. So on Monday, the switches have been coming to work with me. Uh, because it's just the easiest way to do it. And then if they're good during the week and all their homework's done and, you know, the house is clean and everything, then the switches come home on Friday. And we have found that this has been working pretty well. Um, we don't do that. With Plus the X- you can recreate one of those switch commercials now where everybody at work, like is playing it in the break room yeah, or on the roof or something. Exactly. We're outside in the glaring sunlight and everyone's got a joy. Playing one, two switch together. Or yeah. in screen. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, so, uh, but yeah, so and then we can't do the same thing with the Xboxes because I don't want to, you know, like physically remove them all the time. So my wife just says, you know, I'm, I'm taking the power cable and she doesn't actually take the power cable. She just removes it and like, you know, kind of leaves it back there. But they don't know. <laughs> so but uh, we did fire up uh, uh, the Xbox recently and I was reminded that the uh, uh, downloadable content for Outer Wilds has been released uh, which was on my radar as one of my favorite games, but it just kind of, you know, I'd heard about it when they announced it 
um, uh, when was it? It was uh, not even a month ago um, because it was exciting. It was like, oh, there's DLC and it's coming out in September. That's so cool. So um, it was on my radar, but I couldn't remember when the, the release date was. So I'm browsing Polygon just a few days ago, and I see this headline that just fills me with excitement. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, and it says, uh, The Outer Wilds DLC is secretly a sequel that's as big and as good as the original game. And I'm just like, oh! <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, super, super excited to keep playing uh, play with more Outer Wilds. Um, I even read a little thing that it's a mystery how to even get the DLC started. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things I read was, you know, like no spoilers, but it's worth the hour, hour plus of head scratching to figure out how to even get it started. Um, they said it's like a hall of fame, like, ent- like entrance, like intro to, uh, uh, to a campaign. So, uh, yeah, very, very, uh, excited to play that. I came really close to just buying it last night and starting it, but it was like super late and we, uh, we had some stuff to do today. So I didn't, I held off. Um, one of the things we had to do today was uh, uh, go to uh, get some uh, – we wanted to get some Lego sets for my uh, son who uh, had a birthday recently um, because there are some Lego sets that come out on the 1st of October. So one of them is the um, the question block, the uh, Mario 64 question yeah, block that, that has the uh, – you know kind of like some of the biomes, some of the worlds from 64 that are kind of like you know hidden doors and compartments in it. So we picked that up, and uh, we picked up the uh, uh, the Tumblr Batmobile, the one from the Chris Nolan movies. There's two yeah. versions of this. There's the smaller $40 one that just came out uh, today, and there's the larger kind of like, you know, the full full size kind of one for, you know, adults, if you will. It's like a couple hundred bucks that comes out in November. Um, so we, we got that. And also I got an email a couple days ago. Uh, channeling my inner uh, Grey Ghost and Single Banana with my concert cast uh, ticket score uh, here. But uh, the last show that I saw, well, before the Green Day show that I saw last year, uh, the last show I saw before that was Tool, uh, touring for their new album, uh, uh, Fear Inoculum. So I get an email a couple days ago, hey, Tool has announced their tour for next year. So uh, I went ahead and I grabbed a couple tickets for that this morning. That show is in February. Um, and uh, uh, I, I had a couple friends kind of text me uh, this morning, say, hey, you're, you're trying to get tool tickets, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get them. So it's it's a cool experience um, just like, you know, being, you know, in a group of guys. It's all like trying to get tickets. But it's it's not as hard as it is to get like a PlayStation or anything. But it's got a similar feel to it. Like, it's like, okay, tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. Be here 10 minutes early. Make sure you're fully logged in, blah, blah, blah. So you get there 10 minutes early, and it's like, all right, like, join the queue. So you join the queue, and it's like, all right, we have to verify your cell phone. So you send the message to your cell phone. Okay, put the message. Okay, great. We'll let you know it's your turn. And then when it gets to, when, like, 10 o'clock happens, it's like, all right, there's 692 people in front of you. Okay, sounds good. Okay, there's 300 people in front of you. Okay, wow, they're moving right along. And I actually got a message that says, there's one person in front of you. Like, <laughs> wow, this is a very granular system you have here. <laughs> so, And then it was my turn, and I'm like, all right, this one, go. And it was like, oh, I'm sorry, like another fan has beat you to these tickets. Okay, like just, okay, two, two, two tickets, best, you know, like best available in, you know, less than this dollar amount, you know, whatever the options are. And it's like, okay, how about these? 
and it's like 10 different okay yeah any one of those go ahead all right here we go oh another fan is beating you to these tickets and every time it sends you back to like the map you can see it just getting more gray and gray because oh, yeah. you know what i mean and i'm like oh you're like you're starting to get worried and then it's like all right let me go back a little bit further and then it's like all right you want these yeah i want these and then it's like all right you want to check out oh perfect and you go to check out and it's like, ah, so we, sorry, we had a problem on our end. And then I had to, like, start over again. <laughs> so uh, long story short, I had to go through this process a few times. Um, and it was frustrating because I was on mobile, not on a PC, because uh, we were, like, out and about. But long story short, I was able to get a couple of tickets. It was right in the price range I was hoping for. It's right kind of in the area I was hoping that, you know, we'd, we'd get to, like, you know, maybe a little bit closer. But that would have been more expensive. So... Um, as long as, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the health factors and, uh, uh trends, uh, continue to move in a positive direction, this will still be something, you know, that I'll be able to do in February, but you know, it's, it's so far away. You can't really, really tell, yeah. but really hoping that this is going to work out. Cause I, this is, you know, still a band that I love and listen to all the time. Um, and, uh, still waiting on my second playlist. I know, yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta get back to that. We had a good little thing going for a while. Where uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, where where Kelsey has been familiar with Tool in that they exist, but wasn't really into, or sorry, wasn't really familiar with any specific material. Okay. Um, and I said, you know, I, I've really tried to stay away in the past, you know, number of years from, you know, like, oh, you don't know these guys? Oh, you have to listen. You got to do this. Like, I really kind of, like, let people, you know, like, eh, if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, that's not a big deal. But since since Kelsey asked, I said I'd be happy to put together, you know, like, here's, like, kind of like an early tool, like a mid tool. Like, there really are different eras of tool. So um, we, we kind of started with that. And then I felt bad. I was like, well, why don't you give me something, you know, that maybe I haven't heard before? And you said, well. I didn't realize it was a pity list. Oh, my. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, Judas who? I don't I mean if there's any songs from these uh from these rockers that you want to get me at. So he did kind of did the same thing. He started me off with some uh some early uh uh Judas Priest and I remember listening to the first few songs. And I remember hitting him back with my my kind of early uh, uh my first impressions and the his is you know his response rightly so was like yeah, like everything you're saying is is right and justified, but like remember what year this music is from. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. This is from like 1976. Oh, yeah, yeah. From like a hundred <laughs> years ago. So like, yeah, it makes sense how it would be, you know, different. So um, but yeah, I actually I I enjoy what I heard so far. So we both have to uh have to get back on with uh I'll get you the next tool playlist and I'll let you know where I left off with uh with Judas. Yes. And. Uh, and yeah, so uh, uh, I just had one other, th- uh, two other things to mention on here. Um, today being October first, uh, this is marks the return of Shocktober in our house, which is something we used to do, we haven't done in a while. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, it was I forget what channel it was on, but they had you know Shocktober was like a different horror movie. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was every day of the week, if it was every Thursday or Friday, but it's where I saw a lot of my Friday the Thirteenth movies for the first time. A lot of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, a lot of the Halloween, like a lot of the stuff. It was edited for TV, but I was still, but I was able to see it. So I would just spend October just watching, you know, like uh, horror movies. So I wanted to do it for a while. So I asked my wife a few days ago, who's not really into horror, much like uh, uh, Rich's wife uh, on his uh, She Hate Horror uh, uh, podcast. <laughs> um, so I said, would you be willing to, you know, watch some horror movies with me in October? And she's like, yeah, sure. 
So today I said, all right, October 1st, like movie number one, like this is what we're going to start with. And she was like, wait, you meant every day in October? I was like, yeah, I meant every day. So we might have to uh, work some overtime, maybe do some twofers <laughs> on some of these to uh, to get some of them in. But uh, we've started, uh, and I'm not following a specific list, but there's several outlets out there who kind of do a curated uh, list and who only publish, you know, like one day at a time. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to kind of bookmark a few of them and then we'll have a choice between like the two or three and say, okay, do we want to do, you know, this, this, this. And a few of them are really cool about it in that they, uh, they limit it to stuff that's available on streaming and it's not always available freely. Like sometimes you got to pay, you know, like the three bucks to rent it or whatever, but everything they recommend is available uh, to stream, which is nice. And the last thing I wanted to mention is... I mean, we talk about things that happen as maybe not as a direct result from being talked about on this show, but <laughs> it can't it can't be a coincidence, right? I've been talking for years about Axiom Verge One vinyl has to get printed again, right? It's got to get pressed again. My kid ran a Hot Wheel over it. Who knows how long? Uh, I sold the record, you know, like to a person who was just going to frame it up on the wall. Uh, and uh, I was like, it's got to happen eventually. I emailed the, you know, the old company. They were like, it's never happening again through us. And I'm like, ooh, that means Tom Hat probably made a deal with somebody else. You just can't talk about it yet. And then when Axiom Verge 2 was announced, it was like, all right, there's got to be <laughs> a limited run. They're got, they got to do uh, the vinyl. So finally, it has been announced, and the the the, the sale is live uh, actually today. Um, Axiom Verge 1 vinyl is finally available again on this new limited run games pressing. The track list is actually slightly different, um, so uh, which, which is kind of cool. So if you have the original one, it's still, you know, if you want to buy unique. this one, it's not identical, which is very cool. Um, is it open pre-order? It is open pre-order till the end of the month, which is awesome because I was actually, uh, 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 what do you call it? I was going to do one and two. Um, so it's nice that I don't have to, you know, like, you know, like work that, you know, into a budget or anything. I can just, you know, like wait a week or so until, you know, the, our, our, you know, fun money spending kind of opens up and it's like, all right, there it is. There's the October fun money. So, uh, and it's a different artwork as well, uh, from the first game. So very, very cool. Very glad they were able to get that done. I could not find the details on the website if it's 180 gram. And typically, if they don't say it's 180 grand, then it's not. But I'm I'm fine. The original wasn't either. The uh, uh the one from Ship to Shore. Um, but yeah, I'm super super thrilled to finally be able to get Axiom Verge one on vinyl again. Uh, I own Axiom Verge two. I bought it with the 10% discount. Like when it like the, I think there was like a, a two or three week period where it was just 10% off. Like just kind of like as a, a new release, you know, like uh, early adopter discount or something like that. Um, so I bought it, have not played it, uh, but I'm I'm excited to jump into that uh, once the uh, Mass Effect uh, Andromeda uh, wears down a little, or not wears down, once we kind of get through that. But yeah, I believe that's everything that I had that uh, on my list here that I wanted to talk about. Right on. Well, Chris, you've been very quiet, so why don't you <laughs> fill us in on your, your last week or so? Well, he's sure. Just, he's just thinking about uh, like Aldrin Sav and Crow and all the yeah, different like, storylines. What does this mean? Where's Crow? Why yeah. isn't he in any of the promotional material? None of these uh, words are in Dark Souls. <laughs> it's alphabet soup to me, but that's that's okay. I'm I'm, I'm gonna you do your thing. I'm not gonna be mad at you. Exactly. Um, so uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if I've got as much to chat about. A few things I've been up to besides working uh, and taking care of the kids. I, I don't. We don't watch horror movies in our house, uh, but uh, I will make sure to watch the one required movie for the season, which is uh, Rocky Horror. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're a big Rocky Horror fan. Yeah, that's right. So you have to you, you do the sing along and the whole shebang, and maybe if nothing else, put that in your shuffle for your wife, so she has some kind of a break from the blood and gut. She, she is a huge fan of the like. She she's like you. She'll like go to like the parties and she dresses oh, up yeah. and she'll go to the live you know shows. So I think that's actually a really good idea for me to surprise her with, you know, just to say like, hey, you got anything in the closet? You know, <laughs> can, you, can you throw <laughs> something crazy on? We'll do it on a weekend or something. So yeah. She'll, she'll get a kick out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely. Uh, we've got some Halloween. Well, we got some Halloween parties come up a little later this month, so who knows? I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do. But um, Content-wise, boy, I watched, I've only watched one movie um, since last time, and I don't know why. Sometimes you just it's late, and you just turn like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to see what's on Prime movies, and ah, I'm just going to pick something. It seems like that's the way I've been finding a lot of movies lately. Uh, not a lot of research, but it's there. Uh, and this was Harry Brown. Have you guys heard of this movie? Nope. It no. came out a few years ago. I had never heard of it either, but it's got Michael Caine in it. And uh, I'm like, okay, Michael Caine, he's great. Sure. And it's like really highly rated. And I'm like, okay, and it's kind of like this thing about urban crime. And I'm like, all right, well, and it like won some awards. It's this UK flick. Okay. I'll turn on. Michael Caine is Harry Brown, and I don't want to ruin it in case somebody wants to now go and watch. You're talking it. about this, I think I've seen this. Have you seen Harry Brown? Yeah, I think so. I I don't know how to talk about it without like revealing a major plot point. Well, it's he's an older gentleman. Does, does and... he kind of have a something happens to friend, and he like kind of goes on a. Yes. Revenge spree against the urban criminals. Yes, you have okay. seen this. I have. That is not a new movie. That has been around for a while. Not that old though. I've. I don't think I've watched that in like ten years. That's exactly I... how old it is. Oh, is it ten years old? It's two thousand nine. Yeah, I, I just looked it up. I've, I've, I'm not familiar with it. Um, from you, I, I just read like a like a blurb on it. Yeah, it's from two thousand nine. Okay. Uh, it's, it seems to yeah be decently uh, decently reviewed and uh, uh, decently rated, um, and from what you're describing, uh, Kelsey, it almost sounds like a Man on Fire, uh, like that Denzel Washington flick, which I really really like. And and that's what I want to get to here. This is like the UK's idea of something like that. So you know <laughs> yeah. how in the United States everything blows up and you just murder everybody, and it's like yeah. one man is killing every. This is not that. This is like the UK. So I mean, like, there's some stuff that happens, but it's not. It's it's like slow key, and, and like it's him coming to this and really thinking hard and having these, uh, you know, inner kind of thoughts. And like one at one point, he he pulls out a box and it's got his army knife in it, and you're like, uh oh, he's going for his knife. <laughs> Things are getting serious. Um, cause it's the UK. You just, nobody has guns everywhere. Right? Right, right. Except the bad guys here. They do, but I won't spoil it. He does get some guns and it's <laughs> kind of interesting how that happens. 
But I uh, it was that movie in a long time. I actually forgot yeah. the name when you asked. I was like, I haven't I'm seen that. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna add totally it to yeah. my add it to my list. And well, we talked about doing like a little like movie recommendation thing last time, so I'm gonna add it to the list here, and we'll keep a running tally for movies mentioned. I'm just it's an interesting take. It's like that idea of that movie from a UK perspective and mm-hmm. it's diff- it's that's a different perspective than what you would see in a US film where it's just oh, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> it's 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 not like that. So um and it's Michael Caine. Yeah. You know, it's Michael Caine's fantastic actor. So uh, just don't expect going in like to watch a Marvel movie. That's not what you're going to be watching. So uh <laughs> anyway, he come on, Michael Caine's DC. <laughs> oh, so you're watching, you're watching uh, some early Alfred uh, prequel to the Batman movies. Yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, he's he's always fantastic. Um, I guess is Michael Caine still alive? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because because Tenet just came out last year. He was in that, which which I actually I didn't mention this in my my list there, but I watched Tenet. I'm an enormous Christopher Nolan fan. And for some reason, like I just, it took a long time to kind of come around to tenant. So I finally watched it and, uh, I have lots of thoughts that we'll get into later. Cause this is your show right now, but yeah, Michael Caine, uh, was in tenant. Um, and I feel like I would have heard if he passed in the last year or so. Okay. Um, moving over to other stuff, gaming, um, like Bill been playing some mass effect Andromeda. Um, I've been trying to stay behind a little bit because I've already played through the game. It's been a few years. So uh, I know kind of where Bill's at. I am have just, in my game, basically finished up the main tasks of the first planet. So if that gives you an idea where I'm at. Um, and it's funny to go through in New Game Plus because you have so much junk. Yeah. You just don't need any of the stuff that you get. And I'm, like, I remember that first playthrough. You're like, oh, look, I got this gun or I got this... Uh, you know, this add-on, I want to check it out. Now it's like, I've got crap coming out of my ears. But uh, it gets to some cool stuff. Like, some of the crafting is actually not bad. And That's one thing I will say about that game. Man, it gets the combat really good. Uh, although Krabby will probably disagree. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't put enough time in yet to have a strong opinion one way or the other. It's crazy flexible and, and good and, and whatnot. But anyway... Um, Outside of that, I really haven't been playing much, but a few things gaming-wise to talk about. Um, today, I think it was, uh, the Stranger of Paradise, uh, the second demo hit. So I I got on my phone, Defeated I did more the thing. chaos. Yeah, I, I downloaded it to the Xbox, and uh, I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to give that another look, because it's probably just going to be a game I'm going to end up buying anyway, but uh, I'd be curious to check out. I didn't finish the first demo. I got all the way to the end boss and I was like, I get it. Because it's kind of like if I'm going to play through the whole game, I don't really want spoilers or anything, you know? So if I just want to get a feel for it. Like, okay, yeah, is this I'm into this enough? Yeah, okay, good enough. That's, that's fine with me. And they set a release date. I think they said it's like February something or March of next year for the game. So, And it sounds like you know, besides first-party titles, this is maybe like the first next-gen release that I've heard of because it's only like PlayStation Five, Xbox Series. So I uh, don't think I realized that. Yeah, so I don't know if there's another game that's beat it to the punch. I can't think of any that doesn't have a last-gen edition as well. So uh, yeah. 
maybe we're getting to that point in the cycle where we're going to get more of these dedicated games. But um, in a t- while talking about the Xbox, uh, there was a couple changes that recently happened. So Bill, I don't know if you got to see this, but they added Dolby Vision support to the Series X. I don't know if it's on the S, um, but you still got to go in the settings and enable it if your TV supports it. So um, I went and did that, and I realized, too, I, I don't know if it was just there was an update at some point in time or whatnot, but now also, like, uh, it detects my TV at, as 4K 120 hertz, so I can run stuff now and 120 hertz on 4K. So that's pretty cool. I don't know if that... I don't remember that being an option before, so... Uh, I, I remember, uh, like, when I got my series, I had to get, like, a better cable. Because um, uh, the one that comes with is fine, but, like, I needed a longer one than that to get it where my Xbox is. And I remember trying to do... Uh, I did 1080, and I did 120 hertz. And it was like, yup, here you go. Like, all day. And then, like, only certain games do it. So, like, best... Uh, sorry. Uh, Destiny uh, PvP can do 120 hertz, but not PvE. Um, and then I'm like, all right, let's go to 4K. And it's like, okay, 4K went back to 60 hertz. And I went to 120, and it was like, sorry. <laughs> your, your setup does not support you know, this. So I was like, okay, well, I, I figured it was either the length of the cable or like this, this, the capacity, the bandwidth, you know, the specs of the cable couldn't do it. But that's interesting that you say that because I bought like a very, very nice high-quality cable. And it you might try it now. I do, it does everything up to 4K 120. It's it's just 4K 60 with HDR. So I will try that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I flipped all the switches and like you know my TV and the Xbox supports all the check marks. So happy, awesome. yay. Um, and so uh, yeah, I, that's this whole thing. I I get it that you know like everybody wants to have their own standard, but then like there's Dolby Vision <laughs> and there's all these different. It's kind of like. Ah, uh, come on, guys! Really? Can we just yeah. not have so many goofy things that have to be supported? But yeah. anyway, the TV does it all. Happy enough? Fine. Whatever. I'm, I don't I'm like know. That, I'm like that with the cables. Like, can we just have one universal cable that, like, you could plug in any way you want, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> 10 gig, you know, connection? Like, okay, like we're at Thunderbolt USB C. Everything's USB C now, right? And I read in the news somewhere lately that like so I might have been Europe. I can't remember that like some somewhere is like yeah, they're like requiring. Yeah all devices you like it's it's ridiculous to like have it's people the eu like, yeah it is the eu okay yeah but i'm all for just make everything USB-C. it's you can plug it in both ways and it's more speed than you need like just make everything that um no it can't be that easy so uh not at least not here we're gonna have 15 different standards no yeah but, we uh... gotta have the sony phillips digital interface people are gonna <laughs> love it <laughs> No, we need the Toshiba. Spiff. The, Toshi- the Toshiba Link. It's gonna toss Link. It's gonna be great. No, why don't we just HDMI? Okay, well, let's have nine different connections on everything then. But now it's like, okay, it's one cable. You might just have the two point one version of that cable, and right, and then yeah. it's we're gonna have fifteen million different protocols. Does your TV support them all? And, right, uh, uh, unless it's PC, and then DisplayPort comes into the mix because you need that extra communication channel between the GeForce and the monitor. So it's like, okay, it supports on variable refresh rate, but only on DisplayPort one dot four and up. You know, so it's like. <laughs> It's, uh, there's always something that they're like, oh, we need this extra pin, <laughs> and, uh, so we've made our own cable for it. Of course you have. 
Uh, and then just rounding out the game talk, just because it kind of came out of the blue and it was interesting, and that is that Castlevania Advance collection that just yeah. popped out of nowhere. Very cool. And um, it's call. nice. I'll, I'll be watching for that one to go on sale digitally, and I will uh, be looking to pick that one up. Um, because I I have some of the Advance games, um, but I don't have all of them, and I think one of the DS games is on there, if I remember right, but maybe not. I don't... No, I don't think they got into the DS. I think it was Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, and Aria of Sorrow, and I think those are all GBA. And then the Dracula X, for some bizarre oh, okay. reason, is included Okay, with those. that's what it was. And it's like the yeah. Super Nintendo version of Dracula X they put yeah. on there? Yeah. Which yeah, it doesn't I was, make any sense to be in there. I was excited because I don't have a GBA anymore. So, like, yeah, this is great it's, news. Yeah. yeah, I think I've got two of them. But, but anyway, my old man eyes will appreciate a giant screen instead of a tiny GBA screen <laughs> and a real-life controller. So uh, I want to check that out at some point in time. That, and I think, um, didn't I see it either did or or it's going to be Scarlet Nexus coming to Game Pass. And that's kind of those games where I've, like, like I, I, I don't know what it is. I know it's an action-y game and Bandai Namco. Uh, and so I've, I've kind of always been like, oh, maybe what is that? But if it comes to Game Pass, I wanna, I'll check it out and see if it's my thing. Um, cool. From from the little bit I saw of it, kind of like, oh, is this like a Devil May Cry kind of action sort of thing? That's, but, that's kind of the vibe I got from it too, yeah. Yeah, like a an, like an more anime Devil May Cry. Yeah. Um, so DMC5 was fun. So if it's something like that, I might check it out. I don't know. That's the problem is there's like a million games to play. And, yeah, right. Well, Keep me posted if that one's good. I'll I'll keep my eyes if on I, too. If I get to it at some point in time, I, I don't know. Sure. The backlog is huge. And then I'll just wrap it up by saying the other day, I went to the flea market. This is the first time I've been to the flea market since COVID started. You know, like, I don't know, a year and a half or whatever it's been. And I went because, you know, the my wife and the kids were gone and doing something. And so it was just me. And it was like the middle of a day. And basically it was really empty. So I'm like, okay, fine, because nobody around me takes any precautions. I'm like, all right, it's pretty dead, though, so I'll go wander around the flea market. And I was surprised. I did find a couple things. Nothing of the most exciting thing in the world, but I was surprised to find a a sealed box of double-sided, double-density, five-and-a-quarter-inch floppy disks. So, uh, <laughs> you know, those are, you know, I'll take them out, format them, see if they work, but those are good to have around. It was a dollar. For a box of ten, so that's that's good. And then um, also for a dollar, very you, random. Did you, did you say it? Did you say the line to the guy? The line? Did you say I'll buy Robo that Cat for a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did I not. I say that whenever I buy anything for a dollar at <laughs> pretty much anywhere, but definitely a flea market. <laughs> I don't hate the people that work there that much. Um, and then also for a dollar, very randomly, just in a case, was one disc of the Bioshock collection for Xbox One. And it was the disc that has Bioshock 1 and 2, which is, it was a dollar. And I'm like, okay, disc only version of, of those two. I haven't played, I haven't played the first one in a long time, and I just have the old 360 version. So if I ever want to go back, it's worth a dollar to have the disc in my house. So, sure uh, thing, yeah. <clears throat> I picked that up as well, but it's kind of what I've been up to since last time. Yeah. Bioshock is one of those games that I've played the beginning of, like 
30 times because like that that intro sequence where like the plane into the water and then swim to the surface and then go down to the bathysphere oh man that and uh, bioshock infinite i've probably played just the beginning of that game just oh over and over and over again it's so good (laughs) definitely i know i kelsey's probably still mad that we made him play infinite but (laughs) not mad no i like experiencing different things you ever played the first click i have beaten the first one twice and i've beaten the second and third one once each okay all right so you know you know the whole story i do I do. It took two plays to know the whole story because it was lost in me the first play, definitely. Well, that's okay. Then I don't feel as bad. So Go back and listen to, like, episode five or whenever we did that uh, uh, infinite play playthrough if you want to. So, so it wasn't quick, five, uh, but it was somewhere I, in there. I, I think we've, at some point in the past, we've mentioned, like, oh, like, you know, like, what's, uh, you know, Irrational Games up to or, like, whatever Irrational is, like, actually called now because uh, Ken Levine, like, I think, it's like a different name now. Like I, 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 I think exactly Irrational remember. just went away. Right. Like yeah. Ken Levine's doing something else. Yeah. He like started a new thing and he's got some old people that spell like, I'm trying to remember like, Oh, like what's he even doing? Like, is there a new thing? So there's a game designer that I've been following for a long time. His name is Sean Elliott. And I just happened to like, look at his profile recently and it's lead game designer, new Bioshock, formerly level designer arcane austin irrational one up get you know all this kind of stuff and i'm looking at this and i'm like did i miss where a new bioshock game has was officially announced that there's one in development and i can't remember if i like just missed I don't that or that. if it hasn't been officially announced but like his twitter there's been rumors over the last maybe four months i want to say wow and they're not good rumors though like they're they're talking about like uh like persistent online open world kind of ideas for it yeah like not the thing none of the things that you think of when you think of bioshock yeah i i can't imagine like the person ken levine being like oh yeah that's you know like what i want it would be like david cage you know like making a game that was like a percent like he 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 wants to make a story and then the story's over uh i kind of think of ken levine the same way but yeah i just saw this twitter profile it was like "Ooh, new bioshock all right like i said it's all rumors though so Mm. maybe they'll be wrong maybe maybe you'll get a proper proper uh, game in that universe i'm trying to think of what was the that studio that did you know detroit and all that what's that studio's name quantic Uh, quantic dreams Dreams. didn't they just sign on to do like a big property recently Star Wars. Star. Oh, like come yeah, on! They're man. doing a Star Wars game. I'm into good. this. I'm the only person I think that is into this from what I saw online. <laughs> so who's the mandatory Star Wars woman that's going to have to get naked in that? In that game? I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Maybe they'll <laughs> they'll beat uh, the Total Recall lady. Maybe they'll have four boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Just utters at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but that's okay. For me, Star Wars went off the tracks a little while back, so I'm kind of off the Star yeah. Wars train. Yeah. Can relate to that. I'm wearing a Star Wars t-shirt right now, so <laughs> if, if it's I'm got the, Luke I'm and Darth, I'm I'm in. If it's if it doesn't, <laughs> nobody can see Bill, so it's okay. Well, we're old. <laughs> All right, so. I've been complaining for weeks now that we've been stuck on Digital Devil Saga for a long time, and we finally finished it. And boy, did we plow through that last boss on our first attempt with no issues. <laughs> it felt really good. 
felt so good. Like you hadn't been grinding. <laughs> yeah, well, because we grinded for that one boss, and then we had to grind for another one, and then there was a third boss that we didn't have to do, but we're like, we should do it. We're like, we're pretty leveled up. And it wasn't a cakewalk. Like, it was it was pretty tough, too. Like, ultimate uh, weapon tough? Yeah, it's like that style. Like, yeah. you, you, can, you don't have to fight that boss you can go just finish the story if you want is it the is it the digital devil no we're not that far <laughs> yet was it the saga <laughs> frontier <laughs> uh so anyway done digital devil saga so we immediately booted up digital devil saga 2 and because we did those like alternate bosses that were very challenging we get some nice bonuses carried over into that game to start us off cool. so we we barely started two though we're like an hour in so we're, we were going to keep diving into that, but then this ActRaiser remake came out of nowhere. And so my friend that I play with, he's like, I bought ActRaiser. He's like, let's do ActRaiser instead. So we played a bunch of the new ActRaiser game. And it is quite different. Not as faithful as you'd think it would be. And like they really, especially the, uh, the sim side of the game, they've really fleshed that out a bunch. So there's like, story and there's more things to do and it takes longer because there's more attacks on your village and stuff so there's a lot more uh city management and like tower defense kind of uh stuff than the original one now did ancient redo that i'm not sure who did it actually okay because ancient is kashiro's company so i thought they were kind of behind the first one so i wonder if they were behind the remake can't confirm that okay um yeah it's kind of ugly which is weird for a remake of a game that old it should should be prettier um but the music's like they've all been redone and oh sounds really good really really good so well, well then maybe yeah. kashiro was at least doing the music then i i don't know some someone who knew what they were doing involved in the music side um but but basically you know the first area fillmore you remember that it's been a long time since I played yeah. ActRaiser. Anyway, played so I played it about two years ago. So it's not fresh, but it's not as stale. Um, I feel like the amount of time we spent on the first area of the game in this remake, I could beat the original one like two years ago and I just played it out of the blue. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it's it's significantly expanded. Do you think cause it seems like busy work, like... That's what I'm saying. Do you think since it's a modern release, they felt they had to pad it? For $40? I think that's exactly what they thought. Okay. I think if they did like a $20, $25 release, they might have uh, not thrown so much extra stuff into it. Okay. I thought it, oh, it was yeah. four, I thought it was 30 Maybe I, I missed it. It's probably 30 US. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've also been complaining that I've been stuck on Shimigami Tensei 4 Apocalypse for a while now, and I got to the last boss, and like I said, I was level 99 with <laughs> my character, most of my support characters, and even a couple demons, and he was just like mopping the floor with me. Finally beat him, super thrilled, and then, what? he's got a second form <laughs> mop the floor with me. Of course he does. <laughs> Whoever edits this show i need that sound pulled out for like a text tone from kelsey <laughs> so it like and i'm at level 99 so it's not like i can grind to make it easier so i'm like oh i really gotta sit here and think about this and i'm like my team's pretty solid like i, I really didn't know what to do so i did a little bit of, of demon um 
confusion to to tweak my team, but it, it didn't feel completely necessary. And then I just got to a point where, like, I guess I just try them like once a day until I get a lucky run, and I finally did. I had a good run, my I think fourth or fifth time trying it, and was able to take them down. But yeah, that was one of the hardest last bosses in a JRPG I've had to do. Um, cause yeah, you just couldn't grind your way out of it. You had to, had to think your way out of it. And r- remind me again, is that turn, uh, turn-based or, um, or, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And with the Shimigami games, they got that like press turn system. So that, like you can, you're always trying to like hit people's weaknesses to gain extra yes. turns and hope that the opponent is not doing the same to you. <laughs> Yep. And like he was definitely trying to, so he had to like spend, you had to like waste a turn where you couldn't attack him and get next one to make sure he didn't get a double attack or anything. Like so, it was an interesting, interesting fight and a long fight. Uh, so now that I'm done that, I wanted something else on my 3DS, so I popped in Dragon Quest V for the original DS, and I'm only about an hour and a half into that, but it's charming and fun. I'm enjoying it so far. Your your main characters are like six and eight years old so far. So I'm not sure if there's like a, a time skip or if you play the whole game with these uh, youngins. But if it's, I remember, it's if I remember Dragon Quest V correctly, it's kind of like you're living like a whole life. So yeah, it okay. progresses. It it kind of like it's it's a silent protagonist like like most games of that style uh but it kind of makes sense when you're a six-year-old like that you're just not confident and chatty and you might be a little shy and so i it kind of suits that role really well right now which is kind of neat um i've also been plugging away at returnal still and i finally got the third and final ending which was very cool and the, the storytelling is really neat in in a roguelike game where I definitely didn't think story would be the strongest part of that game. Um, maybe not strongest part. The, the combat's really good too. But uh, yeah, it's like really open to interpretation. Like you can you can kind of take the story a few different ways. So I've got what I think happened, but there's some holes in it. So I don't know if if that's what really happened. I kind of wish, um, so I don't know, somebody hear me out. I wish for these roguelike games that there was a, I'm a, a man with not much time option where I could just turn that crap off and just <laughs> save my progress. And you know what I mean? Because I, I wouldn't mind playing some of these games, but I'm like, I, I just can't. I don't have that. I'm not investing that time. I think you would really like the action in Returnal. Yeah, that's uh, the shame, right? Yeah. It's like, I just I don't want to... Oh, I got... And I got to start over. I just know. Yeah, so some... Like, I played a bit of Hades last week with my neighbor. And, like, that one's quick. So, like, you're if you're like, I have 20 minutes, you're like, I can do a run. Like, that. Yeah. that's a fast-paced roguelike. But Returnal, it's like, you put aside two hours to do a Returnal run. Like, they're not quick like you want. Um, like I put my PlayStation in a rest mode and then you can pick up where you left off. Not ideal, but it is an option. I, I forgot to mention that. I don't mean to interrupt, but I was blown away by quick resume on the series recently. Like I knew it was a thing and it was very convenient and you could turn it back on and like, you know, it's, it's still there, 
but remember how I mentioned my wife physically unplugs the power from the Xbox? <laughs> so the other night, I go and I plug the system back in, hit power, turn the TV on, not expecting anything, and all of the quick resumes are there. Like, sorcery. Like, I could not believe after, like, hard no power, like, those states are on, like, they're, on, they're in storage, they're saved somewhere. I could not believe that quick resume worked, like, plugging, physically plugging the power, and it was unbelievable. So, you'll have to, we'll have to explain that to Kelsey, that with Xbox, when you <laughs> unplug the power, it doesn't immediately freak out, throw up a screen that says your database may be corrupted, and admonish you for 20 minutes. Oh, is that, is that a thing? Maybe yeah, I'll learn that within the, a year or two. Since the PS3, yeah. <laughs> yes, every <laughs> time if you don't power your PlayStation down correctly, it hates you, A, and tells you you're a horrible person, makes you wait to rebuild its database, and then maybe you'll get to play sometime soon. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I like vaguely remember that happening with the PlayStation 3 that I used to have. But it, it it really didn't get played like all that often, so I don't remember it happening. The, the like, PS three, four, and five all do it like wow, all pretty know, similarly. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that quick resume thing, like you're talking about, I ain't surviving a power <laughs> power cycle <laughs> on the PlayStation. Yeah. Um, so with one of our patrons too, uh, Engineer Mike, uh, we've been hanging out uh, when we can. And we've been playing through the original Lufia, uh, Rise of the Sinistrals, on the Super Nintendo. And we're a few sessions into that, and it's it's going pretty good. It's, it's not weird. Not blowing I'd, me away, but it's it's decent so far. I'd almost, you know, with foresight, I'd almost maybe recommend doing two than one, just because of the way the story works out. But Yeah. I'm, it I'm aware, yeah. But, uh, just, like a it Red, was, just like Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> if you say so. two that two then one well it two okay. is a prequel to oh and that's same it, way with Luffy. it shouldn't have been called two it should have been called you know red dead origins or you know like whatever <laughs> <laughs> right so kelsey is this your first lufia this is my first lufia yes Interesting. Yeah. i was always familiar with the series but yeah never it was never like the art style like the it just was never my thing so i never jumped into it so uh but uh, so so tell me what it reminds you of. Uh, it kind of almost feels like a precursor to Lunar, even though I'm pretty sure Lunar didn't might have come out first or around the same time. But if, it, it feels yeah. the art style, yeah, right? Yeah, it's got the same kind of uh, art style, uh, same kind of characters. Just doesn't quite have the same polish and the same charm that that game has. Okay. Yeah, I would probably call it like a B-tier Super Nintendo JRPG. Yeah, but I have the friend I've played playing like Digital Devil and Actraiser and stuff with, a uh, huge RPG fan, especially JRPGs, and he speaks very highly of Lufia 2, so I'm, yeah. I'm pretty curious once I've finished the first one to see if Mike's up for, for doing the second one, or if he's not, then I might uh, play through that on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So for NES this week... Uh, I played through Times of Lore, which, if you're not familiar with that, it is a port of a computer role-playing game that was kind of meant to be like a light introduction to like uh, Ultima-style role-playing games. So it's not super long or in-depth, and you can actually skip almost all the combat in the game if you want. 
you just have to make sure you go to the towns, talk to the right people, get the items. You're doing a big fetch quest, basically. Because uh, the bad guys don't give you any experience or anything. They just have a chance to drop items. And once you have that item, you can you can only carry one. So it won't drop that item ever again. So if you get the healing potion, you have the one healing potion you can get. And then until you use it, no bad guy will drop another one. Uh, and all the bosses are like puzzles. Like you, you throw a specific item at them and to kill them, not actually fight them. So they're, they're the same thing. Like there's no combat like at all in the game, really. Huh. If you don't want there to be. So it was weird. Uh, don't recommend, but it's uh, unique as far as NES role-playing games go. There's nothing else that's that's quite the same. Uh, played through Uninvited, which is the last of those uh, like Chemco adventure games. Uh, Shadowgate, Deja Vu, and Uninvited. And it was okay. It's got that like, kind of haunted house kind of theme to it. Everything's really spooky and weird. Um the you die a lot in it like you do in most of those games but it, like it immediately just kicks you back one room and you still have all your stuff so like wow. deaths really didn't hurt like it's like okay i'll go in and i'll try a different thing than i just tried so it's pretty forgiving it's not very long well yeah it's kind of hard to top Shadowgate. so yeah uh, Shadowgate's definitely the strongest out of those and i think by a fair margin I think I told um, the story before that I rented Deja Vu just based on the cover. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just a cool cover. You know, like kind of like, you know, like private eye, you know, like, ooh, it's a mystery. What's going looking on? around the corner. Yeah, like with the picture and the picture. Is, is that really picture. a cool cover? I, I thought it was interesting enough <laughs> to rent it. But, uh, yeah, then I got it home and I put it in. It's like, uh, where, where are the Goombas to jump on? You know, like, what's the, how do you just play to this get out thing? of the car. I don't think we got out of that first room. <laughs> um, I played through Super Glove Ball this week too, which with the Power Glove. I tried it with the Power Glove and it was atrocious, so I just switched <laughs> to the regular controller really quickly. <laughs> Sounds like your Power Glove is working as intended. <laughs> it is, yes. Um, which like kind of stinks because it would be cool if it worked like it was supposed to. Because like Breakout's a fun game. And having like a 3D breakout with like stuff on the roofs and the walls and the and the back, uh, where you're just like throwing a ball back and forth and catching it, like mm-hmm. that would be really neat if it functioned properly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, right. just go get a connect and you can have as much fun like that if you if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it starts off pretty fun, doing what I just talked about, but then the whole place is a maze. So once you wipe out a wall, you have to like teleport through that into the next room. And there's no indication where you need to go or what you need to do. So it gets very confusing and very easy to get lost. And then after you get out of the first area, uh, like, and there's some really bad boss fights in it too. But once you get out of the first area, they start adding these diagonal uh, tiles that you have to eliminate to move certain areas. And they are like impossible to hit. It's so (laughs) frustrating to try and hit the diagonal ones. So that game kind of drove me nuts for two or three days until i finally had a good enough run i made it to the last the end like four times too until i finally did it which was very frustrating yikes yeah i'm still plugging away a miracle piano i've been stuck on this stupid old broadway song called my lucky valent no sorry my funny valentine oh sure uh, 
for the last my couple funny weeks. funny Valentine. Is that that one? Has the biggest smile. Like, I don't... No, that's yeah, Buttercup. That's, that's, that's My Little Buttercup. Buttercup. My Little yeah, Buttercup. Sorry. Amigos, yep. Wrong one. There, there's mm. there's an old Sinatra version. I don't know if it's the same song. This one's from a 1930s Broadway play. Oh, man. But uh, it is... It's kicking my butt. It's really hard. I'm making progress, but very, very slow progress. Um, I, I was kind of looking up uh, the Mexican runner because uh, he ran through all the NES games a few years ago. And so it's like, how much time did he spend on this song? Just this song. And being the speedrunner guy, he times a lot of stuff. So he spent 18 hours <laughs> on just this one song. And I think I'm coming close to that. And I'm, I'm a little behind him. Uh, so I'm hoping... I've, I've looked at the next few songs, and they don't seem as intense. So I think once I finally break through this one, uh, it'll probably take me like a week, a week, a week to be, beat the last three kind of thing. Which stinks, because I was really pushing to try and have all these NES games done by the 8th of October. Because I started October 8th, 2011. I was like, I can beat it in less than 10 years if I do that. And just Miracle Piano is going to be like, not, not going to be possible. So I should still be able to do it this month, which is not too bad. Pretty close, but uh, yeah, I'd be a little shy of my uh, my goal. Uh, so today, because I mean, I've been feeling a little under the weather and Miracle Piano's frustrating me, so I was doing Clash of Demon Head because I thought that was probably the funnest game that I have left to play. And I played around with that a bunch today, and it's fine. <laughs> it's not as fun as... I really thought I was going to like it a lot, and it's just okay. It's got a lot of character. Yeah, uh, th- there's some funny stuff too because the like the dialogue. Uh, whenever you talk to somebody, it's like talking time starts blinking. It's talking time. Uh, the main character's name is Bang. Yeah, I'm obviously so, patterned off of an anime that they just had to Americanize, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that one's all about just taking the right route, right? Um, get to the end, and a lot of backtracking. Like you gotta get this item or beat this boss or talk to this guy. And then they're like, Oh, Hey, you should go back to route 15. And you're like, but I'm on route 40. I don't <laughs> want to walk back to route 15. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a in that in terms of that, it's like a really bad bionic commando. <laughs> in terms of yeah. Writing. Similar map, but you can, you can get a teleport. So I have teleport and then I kind of found grinding for the, the MP that you need to teleport sucks. So I found instead you can just grind for money and then you can call the shop down and you can buy a new visit to the shop and you can also buy this thing that refills up your magic a little bit. So grinding the money is way easier than grinding magic. So you just do that and then you can teleport wherever you need to go. So I've been through almost the whole map now, I think, but I've missed something because there's supposed to be this sword that I collect that can defeat the last boss and... It's not triggering where it's supposed to trigger to give me the sword. So I miss some dialogue conversation. I'm going to have to go find everybody again and talk to them. So how many left after this? So I was hoping to beat Clash of Demon Head before the show because then I could come here and say, I only got five games left to beat. So it's six. Six it's, games. It's lame. Lame old six games. So you got to rattle them off then. That's not many. No, well, two of them I just mentioned, like Miracle Piano and Clash of Demon Hand are two that I'm still working on. Uh, Mock Rider is one that uh, I think is going to be challenging. That one that will eat up some time. Uh, i got Dungeon Magic I still need to go through. 
Um, what are the other two? Oh, the Immortal. Um, I need to go through that. And the only reason I haven't gone through that is because there's this weird, I think I mentioned on the show before, there's this weird problem with my capture setup where the blacks that it uses are too deep. And so it scrambles the whole image through my capture, even though it looks fine on my TV. Weird. So I have to figure, I have to figure out a workaround. I'm either going to have to like set up a webcam for that or see if I can record it to a VHS tape and then transfer it off the VHS to the thing. If, if, I don't know if that'll work, but I'm going to give it a try. But uh, yeah, that one will be a little mess around. And then uh, the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the Ubisoft one, have to go through which, six. Which will be the Last Crusade, right? So Yeah, be the Last Crusade. It's true. <laughs> I know I was really Not late like... to the, the party with Scott Pilgrim, but having watched that uh, you know, fairly recently, within the last year or so, uh, the Clash of Demon had referenced in there was uh, rather, uh, like, it kind of happened so fast, I was like, what, what did he just say? Is that Clat? It's like, Sam, that's a Nintendo game. She's like, oh, cool, yeah. honey. <laughs> and, and, then the, and then the band Crash and the Boys. Yep. Another, another Nintendo game. Yeah, there's wow. a lot of cool references in that movie. Well, yeah, all the guys burst into coins when you, you know. Yeah, it's chock full. Yeah. It was a fun romp. I would definitely watch it again. I like that movie. All right, so that's that's everything I wanted to get out today. So we'll get into the main topic now. Which is, we're finally going to talk about collecting again, which it's been a while for the collector cast. Um, but I've been having a lot of, I've been doing a lot of thinking the last few months about my collection and what I want it to be and what it means to me. And so I just thought it'd be fun to take some time to talk about, like, if you guys have reevaluated what your collection is, if you've downsized, if you've sent it in a different direction. Um, like what's changed and what caused it to change. Um, so I th- just thought we'd start by recapping because it has been a long time since we've talked about like just straight up collecting. Like how long have you considered yourself a collector? How long have you been collecting? As I, I know we've all been doing it for more than 10 years, but like I don't know if like Bill considers himself a collector anymore in the same way that he used to. Um, so how long have you guys been at it? And do you still consider yourself a, a game collector? Bill. Yeah, so uh, so one of the things that we talked about when you know, so we, we the show was on hiatus for a little while, and then we all kind of like you know we're we're talking about like you know getting something back together, and my first thing was you know like I don't feel qualified to talk about you know the uh, 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 collecting like active collecting because I don't actively collect anymore, and it's not like a you know circles that I'm in, um, but at the same time. Uh, like I have a collection and I've already kind of like pared down my collection to the things that I want, the things I really like, the things that are kind of important to me. And I would say that it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, I, I don't consider myself a collector, but I have a collection. I love it, you know? So, uh, and then, so even though I don't consider myself a collector, there are things that'll happen. Like, you know, the Axiom Verge record will come out. Or, you know, they'll like if there's, uh, you know, some, you know, some statue, some collector edition, you know, like that's the, I'm, I'm much more selective. So. So, yeah, it's uh, um, I w- I've been coll- I would, you know, when I was actively collecting and I was like on Nintendo age and on Sega age and on RF Gen and like shooting messages to multiple people and like having like multiple packages show up, you know, like per week. It's been years, you know, that that was probably, uh, you know, 
obviously back when Nintendo age was kind of in the golden days, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's gotta be, uh, you know, over, uh, uh, over 10 years ago. So, um, or, or about 10 years ago. So, uh, so yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've kind of already gone through this process where, you know, I've looked at my, you know, 500 and change complete in box NES games. I'm like, you know, this was a lot of fun, you know, kind of accumulating all this. I love looking at it on the shelf. I love that, you know, everything in box protectors, but you know, it's, uh, it just wasn't something that was bringing me, you know, the same joy that it did when I was doing it. So it's, it's a tough decision to make because like, it's, you almost feel like, you know, when you see other people do it, like, cause you'll see collectors that you've known for a while and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm getting rid of the whole collection and they never get rid of everything. They always keep, you know, at least a few things. Right. But they're like, oh, I'm getting rid of everything. And the first thought is like, Hey man, like, is everything okay? Like, are you all right? You know, is, <laughs> is, <laughs> is, do you need, do you need me to help you? You know, like maybe we can, you know, figure out a way you can keep it. And they're like, oh no, you know, it's time to move on type deal. But you know, one of the first things I thought of was like, you know, you don't want to think of it as, as losing, right? Like you want to, like you've been working towards this and working towards it. And it's like, Oh, well, I don't want to feel like I, you know, all that, that effort was for nothing, but it wasn't, you know, you had, you had the experience, you have the friends that you gained along the way. So, so yeah, once I kind of like made peace with that, it was a lot easier. And I started, you know, obviously with all my friends where I was like, you know, would go to them first and say like, Hey, like, you know, who wants, who wants deals type thing. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's certainly a process, uh, going through that. But, uh, I, I'm, I'm still very lucky that I have lots of friends in the collecting community, but yeah, definitely, definitely not actively collecting pretty much anything anymore. You still pick up the, odd uh, hockey game though, right? Yes. And, uh, uh, our buddy Will has one for me. For, you know, he's had it for me since like before you know, uh, pandemic started. Like once uh, international travel opens up again, I'll, I'll get it from him. But uh, uh, my the knock on me was you know, and we have great friends who like are in you know Slack and Discord, and they'll say, okay, we're you know we're going to this shop. Like who wants what? And <laughs> everyone's always like, oh, I'm looking for you know this specific game or this game. And dumb Bill over here is like, oh yeah, like any complete box hockey games that I don't have. Like anybody knows what complete in box hockey games I have. There's only ninety thousand of them. So um, uh, at some point, a few people like said, like, "Hey, you need to make a list of all the games you don't have." <laughs> so I took the time and made the hit list. And our good buddy Rich, uh, Single Banana, uh, has has actively uh, you know headhunted off that list, which is awesome. Um, some of the people for the RF Generation uh, Secret Santa uh, have gone off that list, uh, which has also been awesome. Um, but yes, um, it's, I honestly, I cannot remember the last time that I thought, oh, I like, I want to buy another hockey video game and then went to that list and then went to, you know, eBay or, you know, like whatever avenue that you get those games. The only time I think about it is if I happen to be at like a, a game store, which doesn't really happen that often or flea market, which doesn't really happen that often. And then I see a hockey game and then I'll like pull that Google drive list up, you know? So it's really one of those things that like, it's really just, if it happens to organically happen, then great. But you know, even with that list, I don't, I don't really go after it. How about you, Chris? Um, you know, I would still definitely consider myself to be a collector. I mean that, 
hasn't changed um, as far as how long have I been doing this I don't know ever since I started playing games I mean I'm just <laughs> held on to things so you know a long time let's just say that um, I love that you have some of the original stuff when, like, yeah when it's, it's so like, impressive I, every time I like, you know because I've you know over the years it's like you get something as a kid sell it to Funko Land you know trade it to a friend lose it whatever I, it's so cool that like the thing you have Chris you is like no I got my my fun letters like, from <laughs> Nintendo yeah I yeah. love that you still have some of that stuff yeah um but you know we were having this conversation and and this was coming up and it did it did kind of get me to think and there's been other things that have been going on lately that also have kind of given me some pause and some opportunity to think and go, you know, what I don't want to do is just have stuff for stuff's sake. And, uh, I'm not going to be around forever. So, you know, there's going to be things that I want to hold on to that, that matter. And then there's probably some things that, if they go to a better home, that's fine. And um, that's a step, you know, for me to get to that point. And so just the other day in one of our, like, private chats, I did reach out and I said, hey, if there's some stuff that you guys are interested in, take a look at. Take a look. Let me know. I'm not going to guarantee that everything is up for grabs. Uh, in fact, there's certain things that are definitely not up for grabs. <laughs> but, you know, let me know. If there's something that you're looking at, we'll see. And um, I did get a message from Kelsey, and I got a message from uh, from Rich. And uh, I haven't gone to the shelf for anything. I mean, Kelsey's stuff. I'm. I mean, he's asked for stuff that's like you know, this is like cheapo games that you can get anywhere. But if you want Everybody them, okay. Wants Reggie Jackson baseball for Master System. It's a hot <laughs> seller. And, and parlor games and Rambo Three. And like Rambo Three is like a dirt common game, but you know whatever. You know. I'll, that's fine. Um, I guess funny, let me. The, the the Master System hockey game is the one that <laughs> that Bill has on <laughs> yeah. the for me. Oh, Slapshot! Oh, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. not. I've got Slapshot. Down there, it is not. It was a dec- It was a decent price. It was a. Uh, it's not a cheap. eBay seller in Canada, and I was like, "Do I care that it's the Canadian version? No, I do not." <laughs> Will, can you please buy this for me? And he did. Sweet. Yeah, I've got that one. Uh, I believe. Um, yeah, but, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm starting, because, A, number one, I don't, I don't need to do it, right, I don't need the money, um, and it's not that I'm like, oh my god, I could get rid of this stuff, Uh, and I don't intend to liquidate or stop having a collection, that's not my interest at all, and I'm not going to get rid of any hardware, because, Worst comes to worst, if I pare some things down, I might just go get like a flash card or something of that nature. And I've always talked for a long time about some of these disc-based things. I've probably wanted to kind of pare down like CD kind of based stuff anyway. Because I, I love cartridges. I like the idea. Um, does that mean I'll get rid of all of the disc? No. But do I have the passion for them? Not exactly. Um so yeah, I guess I'm just starting there. I'll start with some friends, and then um, I don't know. You know, I don't. I'm, am I am I excited to go try to put things on eBay? No, I'm really not. No. Um, <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, I guess if you know me and there's things that you're interested in, we could talk and maybe I'll expand the circle a little bit over time. But like I said, it's just, if I know the people and it'll go to a different, like Kelsey, I, I'm going to imagine you want Masters of Games because I know Kelsey's going to probably go through at some point and play all these Master System <laughs> games, right? And so if, it, if Rambo 3 is better at his house, fine. You know, that's good. It's fine. No problem. Or like Rich kind of picked a few things and I'm like, you know, I, I think one of them I'm like, eh, but the other ones I'll probably, yeah, sure, that's fine. You're going to sell Rich your Panzer Dragoon saga? He did not ask for that one. So, uh, <laughs> no one has asked for... Uh, he did ask for a Saturn game, so I don't know. I, I, that's the one I don't know. Uh, because I kind of like Saturn. That's, okay, that was when you, when you took, gave me that message. That was your first collection I looked through. It was like, I, I, I got to sure. see what he's got on the Saturn, see if there's anything I need in there. You pray, you have. I, I already know, though. I mean, you've got a good Saturn collection, so I didn't worry I about it. I do. Th- there's... Maybe ten more games I think I want to get for it, and then I I'm kind of satisfied. And yeah, you yeah. Did, didn't have any of those ten, unfortunately. Yeah, and some of these I'm kind of surprised at prices. Like remember we, you know, just a couple of years ago when we went to Bills, like remember that store we went in and I bought that Resident Evil, mm-hmm. um, on Saturn, and I don't know, it's like sixty dollars or something at that point in time, and that was just a few <laughs> like, years ago. Now it's like two fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what happened? And that thing is like pristine. You know what I mean? It's like it looks like a brand new game, like nobody ever played it. And I don't know. I think things like you know, yeah, like Panzer Dragoon Saga or Magic Knight Ray or thing. Yeah, are they worth a lot? Yeah, I've got pristine copies. They've been played like once. And you've got like that. That's another thing. Like Bill is just saying, like you've got some of your original stuff. Like yeah, that's all original. I've only met one other person who's had an original Panzer Dragoon saga. That's just, that's crazy. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm at that point. But, you know, am I, you know, like some of the stuff that Rich asked for is like Commodore, some Commodore 64 carts. Because he recently got a Commodore 64. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I got a problem with that. Um, because most of the good games on Commodore 64 are discs anyway. Um, <laughs> so if you want to play Kickman, you know, knock yourself out. Some of the stuff like... Um, like ColecoVision, you know, some of those carts I probably will let go. PS1, I'll probably pare some of that down. Um, PlayStation 2, yeah, I'll probably get rid of a lot of PlayStation 2 if people are interested at some point in time, because I just don't care a lot. Uh, when it gets to like 360 and stuff, I probably won't, simply because I think the prices are going to go this way at some <laughs> point. to wait five, ten more years. Right, it's a, we're at a trough. So it's a bad time to sell those. But like original Xbox, well, probably not a bad time for that. PS3 is exploding right now. I haven't checked in on 360 to see if it's keeping up. But yeah, PS3 is like hot stuff at the moment. So Yeah, I've so got, that sort of yeah. stuff makes sense to hold. Just because I know it's yeah. going to financially make sense to do that. There's a couple systems that I have games for that I completely forget about until I just happen to look at that space on the shelf. Because like, they're like, okay, well, like they're... They're not worth so much that I'll sell them, but they're also, you know, like not something you'd ever think about. And they just sit there. And PlayStation 2 is like one of those things. And like, I'll just kind of look down and I'll just see that, like, you know, not a huge stack, but like, you know, a good, like, you know, like 15 ish, you know, cases. And it's like, it's just kind of nice to look at uh, in, the sense of, in the sense of all the collection where you just kind of like one game by itself is like kind of cool and like the more you have there it's like oh you know so for for that ps2 stack it's like you no know, gran turismo god of war and kingdom hearts and it's like yeah they've been remade and remastered and I, if i'm going to play them i'll probably play them on newer stuff 
and you know but it's just at the same time i just never got around to moving them and the 360 i have a much much bigger uh stack of 360 stuff because that was my main system and same thing like every once in a while like i'll look at it and i'm like you know burnout paradise has been remastered you know like fallout i'm gonna play it on you know pc with mods um you know and i just think am i gonna go back and then mass effect was one of the last holdouts okay those are my mass effect collections okay now i got legendary so and and so then it becomes okay i'm probably not gonna play that unless i really just want to like you know pop it up and be like oh isn't this cool you know this is what it, you know this is what it looked like on the old tv with the you know this controller but you know is keeping it around like worth you know having that experience both money wise and time and space and everything and then my next thing is like okay now let me just look and see what this is going for oh fourteen dollars i'll hold on to it it's not worth my time you know type deal <laughs> um and uh it's funny like uh when you said like you know not looking forward to going to ebay like some people are cool just you know testing stuff out putting it in a pile i'll list a thing you know one or two things a day and not you know let it take over my time uh, list two things list two things the next day and that's fine i i don't know what it is i really 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 hate listing and selling things uh on something like an ebay or even like an amazon even if you can just scan it and post it or whatever i i have like a board game like a tabletop game that i looked at and i'm like i'm never gonna find people to play this uh with it's just never gonna happen so i threw it on like a facebook uh you know marketplace like hey you know 20 30 bucks whatever for these two board games and I got a bunch of uh, people from like outside my area, like, oh, is this still available? Still available? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, would you ship it? And I'm like, ah, I guess I would. Like, I really don't want to just go through that. And somebody was like, I was looking on eBay. Like, you could sell this for like way more than what you're asking for. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to do that. You know, like, I just don't want to go through the whole thing. I'd rather just, you know, get rid of it. So. It's weird that, like, my aversion to, like, you know, online marketplaces has kind of led to, like, a stagnation in selling. I haven't sold any video game-related thing in just a long time. And it's it's probably because I'm to the point where the amount of space that the collection takes up is totally fine with me. It's not encroaching on other things that I would like to be focusing on, and that's what it used to be doing. And now that I've got it to the point where it doesn't do that, it doesn't kind of enter in my mind of like, oh, that's, you know, I don't want to say like a problem that I need to solve, but it's just, you know, when you don't have space, that's one of the things that like triggers my anxiety. And I don't want to be step like when I, if when someone shows me a room and it's like, they're just like boxes of stuff everywhere. And like, you got to like move stuff to get to the dining room table. Like that, that is a trigger for me. So like now that none of my uh, uh, collection stuff you know, has that issue, I just don't think of it. So like, I'll, I'll walk in the room and I'll just look over there and I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if like the case for, you know, mothership Zeta is worth anything because it was a downloadable expansion for fallout. But like, if you went to Best Buy, like the pre-order case, like they had like a shell for it. And if you asked, like you could just have it, it wasn't like a skew. So I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if that, and then you look on eBay and it's like, Nope, they're like a dollar 50. Cause there's like <laughs> a billion of them out there. So just haven't moved it right so yeah i mean for me it was about space you know making some money on some things that i really was never going to play and i really kind of got it down to like a good balance of like i really love the way that the black box nes games look all together i really love the way the look of the konami silver boxes and i can just stand there and look at you know 
Castlevania or Jackal or, you know, like any one of these games that I have great memories with and just looking at them makes me feel good. And selling them would bring me a little bit of money and then I'd lose that amount of being able to feel good. And it's never <laughs> the, the money that I would get for what I have left has never made me think, mm, you know, I'd rather have the money than the feel good. All the stuff that's gone, I'd rather have the money than the feel good for that item, you know? So it's, uh, it's there, there's no like magic bullet, I don't think. It kind of comes down to like each collector and each person to kind of look at those things and kind of weigh what's important to them. But I'm in a real happy spot with all the stuff that I that I still have. So uh, I'm I'm lucky to have gone through it and you know kind of have the stuff that I still have. Right on. So my game room would trigger you right now <laughs> because there are boxes and things you have to step over and move to wander around. And that's part of why I've been having this thought for a while. Like, it's just, it's become unwieldy. Um, like, it's still you in got the a game big room. collection. Like, I've got, yeah. think I have, a, but you've got a much bigger collection than I've got. So, at, at its peak, it was about 7,000 unique games. I have very slowly over the years um, parsed it down to about 6,500 right now. But it's still a lot. Yeah, see, I've got probably and, like 3,000. So... Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it's just the, the playing through all the NES games has been, been a goal for a long, long time. It was one of those things like, like I obviously wasn't good at time management when I came up with these goals. Cause the first goal was like, I'm going to get every NES game. This is going to take a year, it took like <laughs> 10 years. I'm going to play through every NES game. That's going to take what? Two years. It's taking like 10 years again. So, um, but it's been really cool to do but i've like i've got all the nes games and going through them like especially playing them all it's like i am definitely 100 percent positive i am never gonna play game x again uh whatever it is um do i need it like I'm, i'm looking at like any trying to justify it in any possible way i can in some games it's like like bill was saying about like the silver box and stuff it's like I do really like the box art on this. Like, this is a beautiful piece of art. I can justify keeping this game. And then I go to the next one, and it's like, I don't like this game. I don't want to play it again. It's ugly. Like, they're, like, why am I keeping it here? Like, there's, I can make room for something different. And when I had my store, it was so easy. Like, I didn't have to go garage sailing or flea markets or eBay because people brought the games to me. I got first dibs in most cases on things I wanted. So my wish list, like, I was able to, like, fill them up as I wanted to. So I got really lazy with, like, the garage sailing and the pawn shops and stuff. And at the same time, the popularity of game collecting was just exploding. And so there's... 10 times as many people as when I used to do it. Cause, cause like I was just talking to someone the other day. I remember when I first got my turbo graphics, it was in a pawn shop and I was like, Ooh, $50 for turbo graphics with 10 games. That's too much. So I let it sit there for two months. And then I went back and was like, Hey, it's been here for two months. Would you take 20 bucks? He's like, heck yeah, get it out of here. Like that, that would be unheard of now. Like yeah. even if it was priced appropriately, I, yeah, I think of so like many that things that I've got yeah. that yeah, I paid next to nothing for, and is yeah, is crazy priced. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think of things that I like paid so little for, and like when I saw the price, I was like, same thing. I was like, Ugh, you know, 
maybe if it was like five dollars less and like now it's you know it's <laughs> I, I remember seeing a snow brothers cart at like a, a play it again or like what do you call it like play and trade i forget what the stores used to be called and it was you know sitting on the rack and it was like 120 dollars. and this you know it was, so it was years ago i remember seeing that and i'm like yeah i mean you know i like guess it's, it's not a bad price it's not a great price not a bad price and like everything that you saw back then that you thought that uh, for like it is a steal ex- exploded <laughs> to the point where like you know and i know hindsight being what it is like that's why like there's investors who are like looking at this and like you know we've talked about the speculative bubble before but like yeah it's insanity like i can't think of a single thing that i spent money on that i look at that i'm like uh if I, you know, I could have got a better deal on that, you know, if I waited or tried harder. No, you couldn't have. Like every deal you would get on that after you got it is worse. <laughs> yeah, you go back and you kick yeah. yourself over a few things that you passed up, but I mean, you've you've done really well in the long run, so yep. it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, I yeah, I kicked myself that I didn't pick up a copy of Sweet in Two for hundred bucks. You know what I mean? But I made I've well, done so Chris, well on everything else. It right. it doesn't matter. I have a sealed copy that I picked up for ten bucks that I will sell you for for just a small I'll, markup. I'll give you twenty. How's that sound? Well, let me let me get it graded first, then I'll sell you a share for twenty bucks. Uh, I'll I'll trade you some Master System games. How's that sound? Yeah. All right, all right. We'll I, I'd out. like to, I'd like to buy the license to negotiate to buy the share. I. So, so I hear you. So does that mean you're you'll you're gonna let some NES stuff go at some point? Yeah, I think that is definitely right now. Like I want to finish. That's my focus. Finish these these six games. Yeah, and then think about it. Like make sure I, this is the decision I want to make. I don't just want to do it and regret it. But that's where I'm leaning right now. Is definitely. I think I'm gonna gonna knock it down to the stuff I think I'll play again, or that I think is worth having in some way whether it's like this is interesting like i don't want to play this game because i love it but it's just a weird quirky game i might want to show somebody right or it's got cool box art or something but there there's you know got to be like i'm just throwing a number out of my butt right now but there's got to be two to three hundred games in there that i can't figure out a way to justify keeping in my home yeah and i would also like to upgrade any loose copies I have to complete in box. I think that would be a fun challenge. So whatever I'm keeping, I would like to have the best possible versions of kind of idea. So one can fund the other too. Um, also, a couple of years back, uh, a mutual friend of ours was selling off like a, a Sega CD collection. He had the whole collection. Oh. And I was one of, one of the first people that he reached out to and was like, hey, do you want first dibs at anything Sega CD? And I was like, yeah, I do. I want all of this because at the time, like it was, I was wanted every NES game. I wanted every Turbo Graphics game, Virtual Boy, Dreamcast, Super Nintendo. I'm very close to having full sets of all of those. I do have a couple of those full sets. 32. So when he off, when I'm, I'm got the big one. <laughs> um, so when he offered that, my initial thought was, I want to buy all of these. I can't afford to buy all of these all at once. Like that's just too much of a of a commitment at at this time. So I went through the library and I watched videos and I did some research and I made a list of every game that I wanted to play or I thought was interesting or unique in some way. And I bought all those off him, which was still a significant chunk of change and and a bunch, like a big package. But I look at my Sega CD collection now and there's like 
nothing I'm not happy with having there. And I look at the stuff that I don't have, I'm like, I don't want any of that, really. Like, there's not one game I regret not picking up from him. Even, like, this was a few years ago before everything exploded. So they would have all, you know, tripled in price by now. But, Tom Cat uh, Alley is a gem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take your word on that. Didn't didn't uh, make my wish list when I was doing my research. Yeah, you got Wonder Dog in there somewhere. I got Wonder Dog at home. Yeah, that nice cardboard box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've Green, got a lot of the cardboard ones. Yeah, well, there were color variants to that one. There, oh. there was green, and I think a red one too. And I think the red one was harder to find. Interesting. God, I remember yeah. those terrible, stupid cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Made me so and mad. then um, when, when things come up that I still want at my local store, I've been using that as an excuse like, hey, I almost had a full Wii U set. Do I want a full Wii U set? It's like, no, I don't. Yeah. Like, I just want <laughs> these 50 games. So I started trading those in towards the other things I wanted. And I did the same with the Vita. And I still pick up things from time to time i got a huge lot of pc games uh, not that long ago smart man and and i really want to dive into some pc stuff that i that i missed out on but i was grabbing everything so i like i want to go through that pc collection and kind of like i was talking about the nes like just chuck three quarters of it out sell it trade it then put all of that money towards getting the specific items that i want in uh, especially after reading that CRPG book, there's dozens of games that I'm, I'm really eager to check out. So I don't plan to stop collecting by any means. I just want to use what I have to fund the things that I still want. Uh, and I've got like a couple pro- arcade projects around the house too that haven't gone anywhere because it's like, hey, I could, you know, I need a few hundred bucks to throw at this to to get it fixed up. And so like that can easily help so i'm hoping i haven't done the math yet but like i said i'm at around 6500 it would be nice to drop like the bare minimum like a thousand games maybe more um and just use that to improve the quality of what's left rather than uh, get out of it if that makes sense sure. yeah i i think about some things moving to like flash carts and things because i don't ever want to get rid of the hardware because i still want to have access to play these things on original hardware that's important to me so yeah selling some things can pick up you know some Mm. flash carts and things those have come far enough along um it's tricky though i like you know with the nes stuff i get that because it's like yeah i'm right there i understand where you come from that but also looking like man there's so much work that went into putting that whole thing together and yeah. it would never happen again. If, if I let some of them yeah. go, it's never coming back. Right. Yeah. So I have to get to the point where I go like, I'm okay with just not having that. Um, like, like Bill was talking about too, like shipping is my nightmare. I hate shipping. That's, <laughs> that's going to be because uh, I don't live in a huge city where it's easy to find these, move these things locally. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to get over that mental hurdle. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough... You know, if there was just a magic box where I could put games in and money popped out, I mean, yeah, I'd probably it's, make different... It's the mailbox. I'd but. make some different decisions. Well, no, but it isn't that, you know, because you use an online seller, and then somebody says, oh, well, it came in and it's scratched, and no, now i got to deal with this, or I never got it, and... Yeah. 
you know, that's the the part where I'm like, I guess I don't yeah. know. I don't, and and just the I mean, I don't want to deal with that crap. Even even though yeah. you're selling for like you know like the like the prices are high right now, like I st- it's still painful to like just look at the percentage that gets taken. Uh, it's 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 just growing all the time. Yeah. Like it's so big, and like at the end of it, you're like you know you went through all this trouble. You wait all this time, like here's your eBay invoice. Then once it's done, it's like, man, like they ended up taking like, you know, 15, 16, 17 percent, you know, depending on, uh, you know, like who you sell it through. And it's like, it's it's just, it's I, I see why people like just who have a lot of stuff, they're like, you know what, I'm just gonna drive it over to Game Quest, and be like, what'll you do? And then it's just off your plate, you know. Yep. Yeah, see, I'm never, I'm not desperate, so I don't yeah. want to do anything like that. I'm, right. I'm thinking, you know, like when we have, when at post-COVID, we do things like these, get together and go like Retro World or something, set up a table, yeah. bring some yeah. stuff, put it out, make some money and fund my trip and have yeah. some fun, right? And, and the cool thing with yeah. that too, for something like Kelsey's talking about, where, you know, can I use this to, it's almost like the way, like I used to, you know, buy lots, you know, locally, Craigslist, Facebook, whatever, and then you would keep some of the stuff and then you would sell some of the other stuff to pay for the lot you just bought. It's how, you know, people who don't have like an infinite amount of hobby money, you know, keep the hobby going. Hmm. So what Kelsey's talking about with like, okay, like let's, let me go to a place, set up a booth, a table, whatever. Let me sell this stuff. You're at a place where people could be selling the thing that you want to put that money into. So you could, you know, it, while you didn't expect it to be a trade, it was really just a three-way trade because this yeah. person gave you money for this and you gave the other person the money for the thing you wanted. So it's like, I transformed these things into these things. And I also ate and had a hotel room, you know, like, so yeah, that's a really good point. It's a, a, yeah. such a, such a cool thing to do with some of those events. Well, and every time the, I've gone like, to retro world, I've paid for it with the, <laughs> the stuff I've sold. So, yeah. um, I used to like save up and, trade like lots like bill saying you buy a lot keep what you want trade the rest uh to like build up to the bigger ticket items that i wanted and over the years i've got most of the the big ticket items i want but i'd still like i'd love it's a pipe dream even though it kind of contradicts everything i've just been saying i really still want to finish off my turbo cd collection and man that is not going to be cheap I'm only missing like seven games but they're like i don't think there's a single one of them that's like less than a thousand bucks um so that's this is the kind of way i can get to that goal nowadays too is yeah some of these nes games might be worth a ton now but if i can turn it into a couple turbo cd games like then it <laughs> might as well just go aes at that up. point in time there's still some aes stuff i want to don't you worry about that <laughs> that's one of the things where i'm totally fine with going flashcard um yeah i i have a flashcard for nes and that one I plan to keep, um, and then I think I'll look, like right now it's empty. Like it's been sitting empty on my shelf forever because I haven't had a reason to use it. But I I totally want to load everything on it that I'm selling because then if I want to reference a game, I can still load it up and and kind of run it if I want to. And that's the tough part too, because probably the really expensive games are worth keeping for the most part. So an NES library, I mean. Yeah. There's 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 a bunch that aren't really like what are yeah. some ones that pop out like Flintstones, Jetsons, Bubble Bobble Two, Power Blade Two, Panic Restaurant. You would get like, rid of Power Blade Two. I love Power Blade, and it is better than Power Blade Two. Yeah, it is every way. Yeah, 
Okay, I don't. But it doesn't make Power Blade Two a bad game. Uh, there's a there's an auto scrolling level that makes Power Blade Two a bad game. <laughs> I mean, some <laughs> of the other ones level. I think, but like Panic is not. I mean, yeah, it's not cheap, but yeah, you know, but like gonna... Little Samson, I love Little Samson. Yeah, you're gonna that. keep that one because it's a great yeah. game. Yeah, that's my jam. Um, Bubble Bubble Two, same thing. Like Power Blade, like the first is better in every way. Same with Ducktales and Chippendale. Like they're they're just so much better than the sequels. Yeah. Why would I revisit the sequels? I don't know. I I start thinking about games. Those are still games that are fun, uh, worth playing. I I think of some of the they're, other they're ones. Not I'm garbage like, games. Yeah. Like you know, like a taboo. You're, no one's gonna cry. Yeah. You know about not having taboo in their collection. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, other than yeah. I have taboo because I have all the rest of them, so I'm gonna keep stupid taboo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But outside of that, yeah, I. But that's yeah, that's the tough part. Like a lot of times, these games that are really expensive are expensive for a reason. Um, you know, like I think about my Saturn stuff. I'm like, yeah, I could make a lot of money, but those are like good games. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you know. But but a lot of time, isn't it that you know a lot of them that you know they came out super late, didn't sell very well, and if they happen to be good, then great. You know, like they're good, but like. You know, I, I, when I was paring down, I thought about it the same way. And, you know, you look at it and it's like, does just looking at this make me feel happy? And then the next part was like, you know, will I, like, will I enjoy playing this if I play it again? Okay. And the next one is, will I actually play it again? You guys tend (laughs) to pull the things off the shelf and play them a bit more than I have historically. Um, And then the next thing is, every time I think about emulation or, or like flashcard or something, I, it's really more about the idea of doing that and just knowing that I could. Um, I don't actually like do it all that much. I used to do it a lot when I had a, 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 a MAME like machine in my arcade cabinet that I could just boot up and actually do it like with like a joystick and like pressing buttons. Um, it was a lot different than, you know, like firing it up on your PC and you know like connecting an xbox controller you know via bluetooth and just mapping the a and you know a and b buttons as nes buttons or super nes face buttons and and see i would rather just have nothing than emulate i just it's not fun i don't enjoy the experience Mm -hmm. i got a friend that's got put together like a mame cab and every time i want to play something it's like hold on i gotta do the weird like 16 finger combination to get to this screen so i can configure the buttons for this and for that i'm like by the time he's done i don't want to play it anymore i don't care right (laughs) let's just let's do something else i went through a lot of you know experimenting with that stuff and i kind of came to the conclusion that i don't want console games emulated like using arcade like inputs because of that reason it was so much more configuration than i wanted to do so i fell to the point where i was like arcade stuff is on here because i can't you know realistically collect this many arcade games and console stuff is never touching pc and that's the way i keep it it's just mame and nothing else and it's way better because the worst was you know if you if you like wanted to load up like an n64 card like good luck just knowing which buttons on an n64 are like the you know like in the configuration of the six street fighter buttons like are these do, the do you have to reach or... under your arcade cabinet to hit the z button to make it authentic you, you know had to, you had to add pinball flippers <laughs> to like the side of it you know what's bad is that there's probably about as many games on n64 that i probably really want to hold on to as like jaguar games i i am probably the the <laughs> coolest i'm very cool but like I'm the coolest on N64, <laughs> like compared to like 
I remember because like when I grew up, like Nintendo was like the jam when I was when I was young, and then like it kind of moved to you know obviously Super and then uh, uh, Genesis. And then what happens is like you know when you hit that point in your life where you get some money and then you go back and like oh what was cool when I was a kid and like you know for me it was Nintendo, and it kind of happens for everybody the same way like and then it's like oh why is N64 big right now oh because the the people who have money now that's the thing when they were a kid, so when N64 was kind of getting big, and like it's it's comparatively like to a lot of platforms there's not a ton of games uh, for the N64 right, so um, when you look at you know kind of like the not even like heavy hitters but like the ones that everyone kind of knows and remembers you got your mario 64 and your zelda and your mario kart and then there's like a whole bunch of kind of like depending on your on your interest kind of branches out from there but you know the more i would like go back and play some of these games like man i feel like i'm like the the lowest like i hold the 64 in like the lowest regard compared to like everyone <laughs> else that i think that i know in the world and i don't judge them for it i'm like hey you grew up with it you love it like awesome but every time I go back to N64, I'm like, it's not yeah. just you. It's not okay. I because I feel bad. And I don't ever talk about it. But there's if people. Uh, who I'll be just... the N64 lover in this room. Good, good. Tetrisphere yeah. is I, worth I... keeping. Oh, and, and like the Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Star it's one of my Wars favorite games of all time. Extreme Episode One Racer. Sam really loves Extreme. G. All the Star Wars on there. Shadow but you can get Extreme G. But you can get Star Wars Episode Racer on modern systems. Dreamcast. But you can get it on modern. They re-released it. Yeah, you can get it on yeah, modern. This is system. a modern system. No, no, no. You're, you can get Super Mario Bros. Three on modern systems too. I now have Super Mario sixty four on the Switch due to do that collection that they came out with. I don't need also, that. So now it's like, what's left? So I mean, Wave Race. I mean, <laughs> Banjo Kazooie. I mean, to be fair, you only you you bought it for Mario Sunshine, and it just happened to have Mario sixty four on it. <laughs> that's not why <laughs> so yeah i don't know so, i you know like nintendo 64 stuff i could get rid of quite a bit and i won't shed any tears about that yeah. did, did i ever that's tell fair. you guys we uh, a woman reached out to us for retro world expo a few years ago and she was like campaigning for her husband to like come to the show like as a guest she's like he doesn't really do that he doesn't really you know, like put himself out there but like He's super good with – he really appreciates when people, you know, uh, like tell him how, like, much they appreciate, like, the work he put into the game stuff like that. And I'm thinking, like, oh, like, you know, like what is he? Like, what like what games has he done? And she's like, oh, he's a, he's a composer. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, what games has he worked on? And the only game she mentioned, she was like, oh, he did the, he did the music for Tetrisphere on the N64. <laughs> that's a great soundtrack. Ooh. I know. <laughs> it's a great soundtrack. <laughs> So, but like, it wasn't him reaching out. It was her reaching out. She was like, would you guys reach out to him and see if he would want to be a guest? So it was like this weird kind of back, back way in. So like we reached out to him. We're like, Hey, you know, we're looking for, see if there's anyone uh, We're like, I forget how we worded it, but it was basically, you know, we'd be interested in having you at the show. Would you, would you consider coming in and maybe doing a panel? If we could get a couple of game composers, you know, talk to some people and he emailed back very politely. He's like, oh, that's very kind of you. I appreciate the offer. Um, I'm not available, like not interested at this time. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that, I didn't tell him, okay, well, you know, thank your wife for reaching out. But <laughs> that's <laughs> Al- funny. Almost had him. Maybe she should have buttered him up or something. For exactly, yeah. But you, so you we... mentioned Tetrisphere, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever told you guys that. No, I haven't heard that story before. That was great. 
Um, we've mentioned price increase a bunch of times here recently. So how big of a factor do you think the prices of things are in in your parting with parts of your collection are at the moment? It It's still... It's, it's a factor for sure, but I, it's still the same kind of formula for me where like I'll look at something and I don't think I mentioned this before, but um, uh, like if something was, if I bought something from someone else, I usually won't, you know, check with that person before I get rid of it. But well, if, I remember when you were you were downsizing your NES games, you were like, hey, you sold me these boxes. Do you want them back at the same price? I was yeah. Like, I, like I couldn't even believe you offered that. I'm like, no, those are yours. Like, make some money if you can, or like, if I wanted them, I'd buy them back at regular retail, not yeah. And what like, I sold them to you at? Because yeah. like, and well, especially because like when you buy from friends, like friends usually give you you know like friend prices. It you know it's not going to be you know like super below market, but it's going to be like right there, like right right at fair, like not, like not like an in, in, like an increase or a gouge or something. And like I almost look at it like the way I'd look at a gift, where if someone gave me something. You know, I wouldn't want to turn around and then, you know, sell that, you know, so, uh, but yeah, it's, that's, so the factor for me is like, I'll look at a thing and I'm like, was this a gift? Okay. Yes, it was a gift. I'm hanging on to it. Uh, you know, did I get this from someone who's a friend? I've gone back to friends and I've been like, Hey, I'm thinking about getting rid of this, you know, especially if it was something that when they were downsizing and they're like, Hey, you'd be helping me out. You know, I got to make a few bucks or whatever. So I'll go back to them and be like, hey, you know, if you're in a better spot right now, you know, do you want, like, I'd, you know, have this come back to you type deal. Um, but the, since I'm not really actively selling or actively in the community anymore, I kind of don't ever realize what's crazy the way you guys know. So, like, it, for me, it'll be like, I'll just be sitting in the, the Slack one day, kind of like, you know, observing or lurking what you guys are talking about. And someone's like, oh, you know, is, is anybody looking for a Rob? Like, uh, Oh man, the the prices on those things, and I'm like, really? <laughs> I've got a couple of robs with all the parts and the spinner and you know the tops and stuff. But like, and then I think in my head, okay, before I even look at the price, does it make me happy just having him on the shelf there looking at him, knowing I could spin that thing whenever I want? Is like, it makes me happy? Yep, not even gonna yeah. look at the price. <laughs> That's smart. And then and then the next piece, like the one price I did look at which I was happy with doing because it was safe because it was a gift. Uh, a bunch of the guys, including the guys on this call and a bunch of other great guys from RF generation, uh, pulled together to, uh, get the last game for, uh, my 32 X collection, a complete in box copy of Spider-Man from a, uh, a long time, uh, pool member, uh, uh, and same guy I got all the Sega CD stuff. I, 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 I had a feeling that was him. So uh, uh, and yet yeah, a, a director, uh, a former director of uh, of uh, RF Generation, and still a great guy that uh, uh, I chat with every once in a while. Uh, good old Shadow. And uh, so when Spider Man for 32x, you know, complete in box, like that was like a Christmas, uh, like a I, secret. I wasn't talking about Shadow. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was sorry. About, I was talking about Ray. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, Shadow uh, Kishiragi. Yeah, I was talking about Tin Star. Didn't we get it off Tin Star? Oh, I really get it off Tin Star. So yeah, yeah so uh, Scott. I thought it was I thought it was Shadow's copy. Ah, oh, so that, that was my mistake. So yes, it was uh so for um so when that um uh Spider Man shows up and it was like, you know, like signed by like all these uh all these guys, you know, and it adds to the collection and that completed the thirty two X collection. Like to me it was like, you know, that's that's was the one thing that I was working towards for a long time. And it was, you know, one of the games I never, like, 
I had an opportunity to buy that at like you know a couple hundred bucks, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. The last one on eBay was like 180, so like you know maybe it'll like come back down, and it just like never went back down. It just kept going up and up and up. And uh, so then when that shows up, you know, I'm like, all right, it's it's solid, it's sealed, it's you know not sealed, but like it's it's locked in, it's not going anywhere. So just recently with the bubble, like you know a number of months ago, I was like. I wonder what Spider-Man's going for. And, and I did. I looked it up and I'm like, oh, it's you know, over a grand. <laughs> so, Jeez. but I was, you know, I, it was never really a risk for me because I'm like, well, this was a gift from a bunch of people. I'm not getting rid of it. It makes me happy. So, but yeah, the, uh, the, the typically the, the pricing is kind of like the factor that gets me to look at the collection in the first place because it's not taking up so much space where it's like, you know, giving me anxiety about like having to step over stuff just to walk through my basement. So the next factor becomes uh, like, okay, like I need, you know, let's try to get a little bit of extra money. What do I have that I can get a little bit of extra money? And that's when I go down and I look at the PS2 games and the Xbox, you know, 360 games. And it's like, all right, probably a few bucks here, a few bucks there, a few bucks there. No. And like, I kind of like don't even look at it. So the uh, the only thing I have that is probably like you know got that like big value are things that I've already gone through that process where I'm like okay black box game black box games nope uh, silver box games nope and then once in a while I'll look at the Nintendo games that I have that are not black box or silver box and I'm like uh no rbi baseball is my favorite games of all time it i'm not getting rid of it i don't know what the price is but it's staying you know and then same thing with like the hockey games it's never a question because except for like the odd you know pro sport hockey or you know like you know game that's like a little bit on the uncommon side they're not terribly you know expensive so uh yeah it's really just like the 32x stuff because uh it's becoming less and less common to see that uh, just kind of laying around so i don't yeah I, I i i can't imagine what it must be like for you guys where you have like i like i have like one game that's worth a thousand plus dollars you guys have many many things that are worth multiple hundreds or you know a thousand plus dollars so i don't know what that pressure must uh, feel like especially when you start thinking i might be you know kind of leaning towards that direction I won't lie that it's not a thought. You know what I mean? Um, again, I, I think if there was somebody coming to me and going like, man, hey, Chris, I'm really looking to get such and such. Well, okay, you know, let's talk. Um, but even like, I think some of these games, like if, okay, well, what if I did want to sell a little Samson or a Panzer Dragoon Saga or something? I don't want to go through eBay because yeah. I'm going to lose a giant chunk and I don't want to fool with all the trouble. And so is there somebody I know that's going to offer me cash and in person? I mean, I probably not unless it's their friend of mine or I go to a show, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the part where it comes in. Like if, again, if there was a magic box where I inserted game and cash came out, then it'd be very tempting. But you know, knowing the hoops, you, you I have should to pitch jump that through. idea to the to Retro World, Bill. <laughs> the magic magic cash box. Magic cash box. You you put in money. But don't get out. me wrong. If a, a friend of mine was like, "Man, I'm going for a Saturn set, and you've got these, and they're hard to find. Can we work something out?" I think, like, well, let's talk. You know, 
Um, do I want to just throw it on eBay? I really don't. Yeah. Um, because then I have to deal with everything else too. I'm like, okay, how do I price a copy that's been played once and never touched? And right. you know, I don't know. So yeah. does it enter in? It does. What I like probably to have the money to put in other places. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not like I'm like, oh man, I need money now. Right. That's just not the case. So I'm I'm glad I'm not in that position, but. There's the other part of me that goes, okay, at some point in time, I'm going to be dead, and somebody will have to go through this stuff, and maybe I want to make it a little easier on them. And, I mean, I'm not trying to get weird about it, but I'm already way past my expiration date, and, you know, I won't lie if I don't say that stuff doesn't cross my mind. I just helped downsize my grandparents, like, that's... uh... A real hassle would you leave it off for for decades yeah so i mean sometimes I, I that stuff also, does cross imagine, my mind i could also imagine you wanting to get the people that are left behind the most that you can for those things and i think it, when things get left to like a non-expert or like someone who like maybe like, and i know this is a joke and i could have said it before but it's it's one of those memes where it's like uh, my my biggest fear is that after I die, my family will sell my collect my games for what I told them I, I spent <laughs> on them. Because <laughs> you come home with a box and it's like, well, where'd you get all that? Oh, it's okay. It was only ten bucks. And then you know, like they're selling your okay. It's ten bucks for per box. You know, so uh, without appreciation or anything. So um, but yeah, it's uh, and it's the same thing. Like when I when I first got into this and. Uh, we, we talked about this years ago. I don't know if it's if it's been for a while, but I worked at a video store in high school called Ultimate Audio and Video. It's the best video store to ever exist anywhere. And I was run by a phenomenal family. Um, uh, the two daughters I'm still friends with, uh, uh, Deb and Dawn, uh, their mom, Diane, and uh, their their uh, father, Naldo, uh, passed. And uh, they reached out to me. And this was years after I had worked there. They just knew that I was, you know, kind of like into video games and stuff like that. So uh, from when I was there, I would always kind of be like looking through all the game stuff. And they had like a Super Nintendo like like kiosk, like the, with like the controllers kind of like coming off it, like they like got from like a Toys R Us or something. And I was always on that thing. And so they they called me up. They're like, yeah, unfortunately, you know, Naldo passed, and uh, you know, we're close. We're closing the store. And we're in the process of going through stuff and like we're working on the videotapes and everything, but we have all these video games. Is there any way that you would, you know, come in and like maybe, you know, like want to make an offer or something like that? So I went in and this was a I mean, I know everyone's got their stories about, you know, massive, you know, like hauls from like a closing store or whatever. This was a massive amount of stuff and it took a long time to go through it all. But it's how I got on RF Generation. It's how I met some of the, uh, the people there. Um, uh, I started. That's how Chris beat me to that box wacky races. Wacky races. <laughs> that went so back by like minutes by minutes, and yeah, then you so you could have got it. It did. That was one of those things where like I, I just so I I made so I so they called me in, and I got all the and I'm looking at all this stuff and I was like listen it was just like boxes and boxes and boxes of games and manuals and boxes and everything was kind of like broken down and stickered. So I said, listen, there's no way that I could make you like a good offer. I couldn't afford to like buy all this stuff from you guys. I said, let me do this. Let me take all of it home. 
because they trusted me. I was like, let me take it all home. Let me inventory it. I'll, you know, get some, uh, some rough prices on it. And then what we'll do is like, as I sell it, we'll figure out, you know, like, this is what I sold it for. This will be the commission, you know, and this is the shipping, you know, all that stuff. And they were like, we're, that's fine. Like, we'll trust you. And like, we kind of like every like few weeks, we'd like kind of meet up and like settle up and stuff. And I ended up, uh, you know, keeping a bunch of the of the games uh, from that, like as payment as well. But yeah, that's how uh, I, I I put this stuff. You know, I put it up on RF Gen, I put it up on Nintendo Age, and I lurked for a little bit first because I didn't really like know how to do this stuff. And also, I was this kid, you know, showing up with like zero feedback on these forums, you know, with like a a, a, a rental store's worth of inventory. So I'm sure people were like can we trust this guy you know so uh but yeah everything worked out and uh, uh met a lot of people that way and then i got really into collecting and i ended up you know buying some of those <laughs> games back from some people but uh but yeah it was uh it's it's a super super cool uh experience just going through the whole thing and you know even if all the games are gone you know these are these are all the people that you know you, you made those friendships with and uh uh it's 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 just so cool to have it uh you know kind of come back to that so uh but yeah and then they did the same thing a number of years later with laser discs they called me up they're like listen we've had the laser discs <laughs> like in storage for a long time so then i did some research and i'm like yeah unfortunately there's a very 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 you know small number that can demand more than a few bucks i mean especially if they're used and they're stickered and stuff so i was like yeah i mean if you can get like a buck to i think what we did was like I took a picture of all of the laser discs, posted them on eBay, and it was like, pick any X number, you know, pick any three, pick any five, pick any ten for this number for this dollar, uh, and we had them up for like you know like thirty days each, like no one bid on any of them. So I was like, see, like you know, you're just that you're better off going to like you know some used record stores um, will have like a little used laser disc area, uh, like there's one that we have here that does so those you're probably better off dumping um but uh but yeah it's uh it's it's crazy how uh how long ago it started how far it's come and all the all the work that goes into it but yeah it was non-stop work but like all i saw i didn't really see dollar signs i just saw like nintendo games like once i'm done with all this i'll have all these nintendo games they'll be mine so. <laughs> well just think you know to put this in perspective this show We'll have its tenth year anniversary uh, next year, next spring. So, crazy. yeah, that's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, and and we've been at we we were at it for you know whatever before then. So I don't know. I guess if I have friends that are listening to this and they're interested in things, you know, we can talk. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm still at that point where I'm, I'm baby steps. I don't know. Mm. You know, maybe let's yeah. let's start with a few things and then we'll see how that goes. And yeah, that's kind of how I need to tackle it because it, it's overwhelming to do it once. I kind of got to pick a section and focus one area until that's done and then move along. Uh, but prices for me, there's kind of two parts to it. So the first part is all of the money's being reinvested into the collection in a different way. So even though something might be expensive, I'm probably going to spend that money on something expensive. So it kind of negates itself. 
if they were both five dollars, it'd be the same as if they're both five hundred. Um, but the, I think the more interesting part is it's gonna make me definitely get rid of things I definitely don't need. Like I know right now I've got four Virtual Boys and two Vectrix, and it's like I don't need yeah, four Virtual need... Boys. Yeah, I, I want one uh, so... of most hardware. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like I, I chase different models. Like I've got a, you know, a CDX and an XI and a Genesis CD32X. It's like, do I need all three of those? Or can I figure out which one I like the best and get rid of the other two? Yeah, I get that. Like I had an XI and all that. And no, I've kept my my original Genesis and Sega CD. Because those are mine yeah, and so I bought like, them. So. I, yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling. Like, I've got not my original Genesis, but I've at least got the one that my grandparents had at their house yeah. when the kids came over. So I'm like, that's kind of, I don't really need a CDX and, and, and an XI if I've got, you know, my old stuff. So, yeah, that'll help make some decisions easier. And like Bill said, like, I've got some sentimental stuff, like things I picked up on trips or that were gifts from friends or that, like, one of you guys hooked me up with that. You're not going to sell your CDI collection, are you? <laughs> I, I sat there and played Jaguar like a month ago. And man, I might just ditch that whole console. Uh, we'll, play, we'll give the CDI another re- revisit and see how I'm feeling about that after. Get rid of it. <laughs> how, so, yeah. so, so Kelsey, with like 90,000 pieces in your uh, collection, how good's your memory... Like if you just like pick up like like an NES copy of Schoon, how good are you at just looking at that and being like, ah, yeah, I remember, you know. I think I'm actually pretty good about that. I like I I often just go into the room and just like, it's like today I'm gonna look at my Dreamcast stuff and and it's like oh yeah I picked that one up at the flea market in Florida when when yeah. Ray took me and you know that one you know I got from my buddy I told him I was going for a full set and he's like oh I've got you know. Skies of Arcadia, I can send that over, and yeah, I'm pretty good about that. I think for the like, obviously, some of it's been a long time, so I'm gonna forget things or, or misremember them. But I think for the most part, um, I've got a pretty decent handle on that. Yeah, because I know the time I was at the store, a lot of that was PS2. <laughs> I, I went pretty nuts into the PS2 during that time. Yeah, no, just when you mentioned, like, you know, the sentimentality, like, you know, outside of it being a gift, just, like, the story of where it came from is also another factor. Yeah. So I'll, I'll look so, at something, and it's, it's you know, I, like, I know gift is, like, one way to do it, but, like, there's also, like, just something that just remind you know, like, you guys have gone on, like, little road trips before, and, like, you just bought stuff while you were together, and, like, that makes that, you know, an important yeah. thing. So, yeah, there's definitely that factor as well. Every trip I've done over the last like maybe 15 plus years when we go to a city because we didn't have a game store here until i opened one it was like i gotta go to a game store and i'm picking up something i didn't know what it was but it's like i am leaving that store with something so every trip we've gone i have a souvenir from and sometimes they were weird we were like in a shop in san diego and i'm like i don't have anything i need but they have this Japanese PS2 game with a really cool cover for 50 bucks. I'm like, I will never play this. I don't even know what it is. Looks cool. I'm grabbing it. Yeah, see, PS2 is like another one of those consoles where I'm like, mm, I don't care much for any of this. I might keep a couple things, but... So yeah. when I have my store, I was going for a full set. And I have about 1,200 <sighs> PS2 games. Man. And That's probably like what? Like I, a quarter? That's, uh, I think... 
There's about 1,900. Really? That little? If for, if for just North America. Even that, it still surprised me that it's that small. So that one, like, I know that collection I can, like, probably just slice in half. There's, I'm pretty sure I can let go half of that pretty easily without any regrets. Yeah, I can't imagine my, I'll go back to much of anything on PS2. I'll probably keep a few, but... A lot of the good stuff's, yeah, been moved around since then, and you can pick up different versions of it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, everything's been so remastered. I'm like, what do I love? Well, I mean, like, Final Fantasy twelve, but all right, I've got a newer version yeah, of that. there's a better version of that now, yeah. I mean, there's, like, yeah, a couple see, little like, weird RPGs that I'd probably keep, but... Mm. Yeah, the, the Shimigami, most of the Shimigami stuff's been uh, been moved around. They just redid Nocturne. The Personas have better versions on other consoles, like... Yeah, that's the tough part. Like Dreamcast, yeah, I keep. I wouldn't mind keeping some stuff, but you know, yeah, yeah Dreamcast. Like and yeah. and those ones, like Dreamcast and Super Nintendo, I've got to make a decision because both of those, I'm within fifty games of like a full set, mm. and I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't know if I want to put in the effort to get those fifty games. So do I downsize or do I slowly keep plugging away at them? But you probably have the big heavy hitters in Super Nintendo. This is probably not a big lift. I, I do on both of them. It's a, it's like the weird sports stuff that's like just hard to find. Oh. And like racing games and things like that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah um, again, that's the tough part. It's like if selling were easy, I'd probably be more inclined to sell more. Like I said, I think mm-hmm. some of this stuff... Again, I'll first go to circles of friends and deal with that. And then, I don't know, like I said, maybe use it to fund some trips and some fun stuff. Just bring it, sell it at a show and have a good time and see how it goes from there. I don't know. There's a couple little groups around here that I guess I could reach out to. Um, I don't know. That's probably the hardest one for me. It'll be trying to figure out. Yeah, like right now, I the Famicom NES stuff, I don't know. It's just like that's got probably the strongest connection. That would be the hard one to break up. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. And most of, I mean, I probably have some Super Nintendo stuff I would let go, but there's a lot of really good Super Nintendo stuff I like to keep. So, yeah, that's the tough part. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, but like... Atari 5200, 7800, uh, I could probably let that stuff go at some point in time. Do you have a copy of Ninja Golf that I didn't see? If it's not in the collection, then I don't have a copy of Ninja Golf. I think that's the only 7800 game I want. You just want one 7800 game? I have a a couple already, but that's the only one I don't have that I want. Oh, I see what you're saying. But but basically, yeah, that's the only one worth playing, is what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I picked them all up cheap over the years. There's some old hardware that, like, I know I'd never play again that I would get rid of. Um, I keep, I, I, over the years, I've kept system boxes, and even though they're big and unwieldy, I have, like, some, like, floating wall shelves, like, kind of close to the ceiling, and it's like, they're up and out of the way, and they look good, and they're not bothering me, and I like them, so I've never even looked at, you know, and then, so same thing, like, I just think how about... much How much space is between your, your roof and where the shelf is, do you think? Uh, like, like the, two feet, the, three feet, the, the ceiling and the shelf. Yeah. Um, the ceiling and the shelf, it's probably like two to three feet away because like some of the boxes are like pretty close to the ceiling, and others there's you yeah. know, some more space. 
So you'll never fit your PS5 box up there when you no. watch. <laughs> never. I don't think maybe, <laughs> it's a monster. Maybe, maybe leaning forwards or uh, I don't know how deep this shelf. It'll fall off the shelf. It's very <laughs> long. So, uh, but yeah, so, so with the system boxes, there's been a few times where I'm like, ah, oh, like, you know, may, do I need that one? Do I not need that one? And then I come back to what Chris was talking about. I'm like, you know, it's big and I'm not gonna be able to find someone around here. I'm going to have to ship it. Like, no, I just forget it. Like, I'll, uh, I'll, just, yeah. I'll just leave it. And, um, uh, so it's th- that same, same effect, uh, with the, um, uh, hardware, I always look up and there's an Odyssey 2 up there, like complete in the box. And I'm like, you know, like if it were mine, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want this. I don't need this thing. You know, it kind of looks interesting on a shelf. People ask about it. But my father-in-law gave it to me and was like, I have a whole bunch of stuff that we're getting, you know, we're cleaning out. And, you know, like I'm, I'm happy to give it to you. And the only condition is that you don't sell it, which I don't think you will because, you know, I kind of need to collect. And I'm like, yep, absolutely. You give it to us. It'll stay on a shelf. And that is where it is. It's Odyssey <laughs> 2 in the box, and the whole top shelf is Odyssey 2 games. And he's got yeah. that uh, um, that. At least one. the packaging looks really cool on, yeah. on the Odyssey. They yeah. got some that black some good boxing. Uh, yeah, and it's it's uh, yeah. that one like um, it's like a Quest of the Dragon or like Qu- uh, Quest for the Rings. Quest for the Rings. Yep. So, so there's actually three big games like that, but that, that's the coolest one. Yeah, and like so, I, I'd never seen it before. He gave it, so I opened it up, and it's got like all these counters and cardboard pieces. Like it's like a board game there. It's like, man, if I ever do fire this thing up, maybe I'll try this guy. But if I uh, like that, I, that game just being so like, you know, uh, just interesting and uh, there not being a whole lot of games like that, I would keep that, you know, just uh, on the shelf. But yeah, the Odyssey too. I don't know. Maybe someday the kids will get bored and want to see what people did in the, you know, eighties or you know, and not, not what the cool people did, what the lame <laughs> kids did. Yeah. The issue gets to be too, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's space, but sometimes it's just what do you want to do with the space? You know, it's mm. like, I've gotten to the point where I've got quite a few tube TVs here. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if I could add any more without getting rid of some stuff. Um, yeah. My wife was super thrilled when I bought home that 44-inch uh, I'm CRT, sure she was. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So excited. Well, yeah, I have to try to explain to my wife that, like, you know, PVMs and things are actually well worth keeping, you know? She doesn't understand. That's just a tube TV. And I'm like, I don't think you understand, but okay. <laughs> I remember, like, not that long ago, we're like, you know, they're, gonna, they're just going to get harder and harder to find. You know, like, they're not making new ones, you know, and, like, you, like really pretty recently you could go into like a savers or a goodwill and grab you know a 27 inch you know like tube tv for a good price and then i remember you know it was like like a switch flipped it was like we're not taking tube tvs anymore and i remember like like looking around and be like all right guys this is it <laughs> it's <laughs> happening <laughs> yeah and, uh, that's the thing it's like yeah that's it's not gonna be a lot more years and those are just not gonna be gone they're gonna They'll be in people's hands for the most part that are collecting and holding those, and then that'll be it. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I'm really glad to hear you guys kind of understand where I'm coming from. I was a little nervous that uh, I'd kind of be an outlier here and, and the weirdo, but uh, it sounds like we're all somewhere on that, uh, that path, uh, different areas, which is uh, cool to hear. And, and like Bill said, like, I kind of want to get to the point Bill's at 
like where he's just like satisfied with what he's got and he's not spending his time you know looking up prices and hunting things down and doing trades like i would i feel like i can get there and i think liquidating part of my collection to fund that last little bit is is a way to get there and see that's funny because i'm kind of at that point where i'm really happy with what i have but i also would be okay with slimming down but i don't have a pressing need but I'm not out there looking for things really anymore, right? I'm like, okay, right. I've got the hardware I was looking for. I've got the games I want to play. I've got some fluff over there. I should probably get to clearing out some fluff at some point. So when I sold my store, I wanted to get back into hunting around more. This is before I kind of realized like how crazy it is. And so I made a wish list for every console and I have a 3,000 game wish list of games that I'm like, I want to collect these. And so I got to re-go through that wish list now and be like, I probably don't need 90% of these. And be a little pickier. Yeah, and I have certain thresholds too that I, you know, like um, like these Neo Geo AES games, right? If I can pick mm-hmm. an AES game up for about the price of like a normal new game of like on a modern console, I don't feel bad picking something like that up because i'm like that's just what a game costs so that's fine if i want to pick one up and buy one i don't feel bad about did that. you do you also like you see it and you're like it's a little more but if i factor in season pass and dlc and all the skins i, like, I do uh, okay, i do I can think like hundred dollars for this game now no i do think like hundred dollars <laughs> is probably you know under that's again like a normal retail game now is like what 70 bucks and then yeah, sometimes you do it's have ninety up here, and, ninety dollars But right, so like yeah. I go okay, you know, if, if I if there's an AES game and I import it and it's like eighty dollars, okay. Not that I'm out there hunting for them, but again, I wouldn't balk at buying another game for that. But yeah, am I out searching for two grand games and stuff? No, <laughs> just no, not well. When you finally decide to let me know when you see Dynastic Hero, that's that's my golden goose right now. I don't think I'm gonna run across that one, but you know, <laughs> just keep me in mind when you do. Show up when you least sure. expect it. When it just magically appears at my doorstep. Yeah. Um, well, thanks yeah. for chatting with me about. Uh, like downsizing collections and reevaluating collecting goals. Um, I'm really happy to, to know I'm in good company. Uh, and we should do something we totally forgot to do last time and mention that we have a Patreon because we did not talk about that at all last show. Whoops. Uh, so we, we had got, too much mass got, effect last time. We did. We had, we were four hours in and we were rushing in that show after a certain point. Uh, so if you want to support the show, you can at patreon.com slash collectorcast. We've got a few different tier options, but honestly, even just a buck really helps out. goes a long way. All of that, we plan to reinvest right back into the show. We haven't done anything with it yet, but uh, we're just letting it pool up until we come up with a great idea to, to improve the show. So eBay fees count as improving the show, right? Of course, of course. I'm just gonna use all that to cover shipping costs. Maybe, maybe a good thing to say is like, hey, if you hear us and you're like, maybe I want to get on some of these guys' stuff, join the Patreon for a buck and you get into our Discord. And Pop in the Discord, can... and then every day you can bug Chris about Panzer Dragoon. As I was saying, you can get start to get inside the inner circle, and you know, maybe if you're looking to get some stuff, 
I don't know. I kind of feel I kind of feel for like Raim, uh, one of our, you know, patrons that's trying to finish the NES set. And there's yeah, there are times where I'm like, I guess I could just you know, we could make his life easier and get him <laughs> there. But uh, hey, I, I tried to help a little bit. I got it. I hooked him up with a hills fire. Oh, that was one that he he was very frustrated trying to find. Just kept uh, saying it wasn't popping up, and when it did, it was like way overpriced and he's like i never run into locally and my store happened to have one with the box too so ship that up to him there Is you that go the D one yeah. yeah one of them yep yeah sometimes i think i'm like you know I, I i guess i could probably just like here you go you want to complete the thing here you go but uh i don't know i don't know if i'm to that point yet hey, another one of our patrons engineer mike also in the final stages of his nes set so if Is you he really decide part with it yeah i think he's got like 20 left or something like he's right around where where is all right i don't know you guys can bug me i guess who's going for a saturn (laughs) set somebody needs somebody needs to convince me to come off some saturn games (laughs) i don't know i really like saturn though yeah so what if we just convince you to go for a saturn set i don't think so i think i'd be much more tempted to go with like one of these new mode like the mode or something so it's like essentially like a flash cart for Saturn, because I like playing some Saturn game. I still regularly use my Saturn, so. But then I would have every, I could have every Saturn game. Yeah. Good. Well, I, I'm. That's... Oh God. I was just gonna say here's here's the slippery slope of me selling things and having money to reinvest in my collection. <laughs> I've been toying more with imports lately, so I'm like, oh, there's a lot of cool Saturn stuff that came out in Japan that we didn't get. <laughs> I'm telling you, there. With how much you've played every NES game, you owe it to yourself. There's a couple Famicom games, at least, that you owe it to yourself to play. Yeah, I need to need to do some research because I won't. There's only two that kind of like popped into my radar that I and I own one of them already. So I gotta. Yeah, I know there's going to be you know ten to twenty that it won't take much convincing for me to. Yeah, like wanna, like gimmick. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm sold on gimmick. I got to watch more on that. I've only seen a couple short clips on that one. I don't know if that's for me. You, you have a flash card. You could try it. I think it, you would really enjoy it. It's a really well made game. All right, we'll have to do an episode kind of like when uh, you told me to look at uh, for Apple II and Commodore games for you, where you can try and sell me on some Famicom stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll wrap this one up. But thanks very right. much to our patrons. I do appreciate the chat that's over there. And so, yeah, come over there and chat with us. Right. Anything you guys want to add before we close it out? Just thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate. Because, like I said, we're getting close to ten years. So, wow, that some of you have stuck with us all this time. Thank you. Thanks so much. Good night, everybody. <laughs>